Hello. Hello, hello. Okay, I hear you. Good uh -huh. to see you there. Okay, perfect. Okay, okay. Good. Awesome. free to launch recording and whatever else at your um at your pace did you it's a play now yeah just a pause. Yeah, we're good okay you ready yeah okay let me let the public in great recording in progress Chair Feller, all public sin, I hand it over to you. Terrific. Thank you so much, Maria and uh, the Zoom team. Uh, good evening, everybody, and welcome to the regular Planning Commission meeting for Wednesday, September 21st. I'd like to call this meeting to order and ask our interim uh, director of development, uh, Dan Hortert, to please uh, provide an orientation to our virtual um, platform here as well as calling the roll. Thank you and good evening Chair Feller and Planning Commissioners. This meeting is being held pursuant to Government Code Section 54953 subsection E and in light of the date declared state of emergency, the regular meeting of the Planning Commission on September 21st, 2022 will be conducted telephonically through Zoom and broadcast live on the city's website. With that, I'll call to order. Commissioner Sott. Here. Commissioner Graff. Here. Commissioner Luxembourg. Here. Vice Chair Junius. Present. Chair Feller. Here. We have a quorum. Terrific. Thank you so much. Uh, moving on to item number two um, is the approval of the agenda this evening. Um, I will entertain a motion to approve uh, by a, any commissioner, or if there are any comments, please. I, I have a yes. question before we do that, uh, Chair Feller. Uh, Dan, on August 1st, you, you met with the Planning Commission Working Group regarding the CDD process, along with City Manager Zapata and our City Attorney and our Assistant City Attorney. At that meeting, we discussed that getting complex items the Friday before a Wednesday meeting was not sufficient time for review to get any questions back to staff and to be better prepared. We discussed at that meeting posting ten items 10 days before the meeting, uh, which is when the notices go out to the abutters. Uh, and we discussed if you were not able to do that, that you would put it on the following agenda. Uh, the two public hearings tonight, one was filed in March of 20. 2022, the other was originally submitted in 2019, and the latest planned date of October 25th, 2021, which is almost a year ago. So clearly there was lots of time, and I don't see any reason why we could not have had these 10 days before our meeting so that we could have questions sent back and be prepared and not get something like two minutes before this meeting, uh, summarizing comments, which we did this evening. So given that, I cannot support the approval of this agenda. Thank you, Chair Fellow. Thank you, Commissioner Luxembourg. Are there any other comments on the agenda this evening by any commissioner, just by a show of hands? If not, I will entertain a motion to approve or a motion to deny. 
I move to approve the agenda for this evening. Thank you. <clears throat> Do I have a second? I'll second. Okay. Uh, Dan, could you call the roll, please? Commissioner Saad? Yes. Commissioner Graff? Yes. Commissioner Luxembourg? No. Vice Chair Junius? No. Uh, Chair Feller? Yes. Motion carries 3 2. Thank you. Moving on to item three uh, public comments on items not on the, this, the agenda. Uh, this would be the time for the public to make any comments that they would like on any item or subject matter that is not agendized this evening. Um, uh, Dan, if you could uh, possibly provide some orientation to the public on how they can raise their hand to make public comment. I can. Thank you, Chair Feller. This is a time for the Planning Commission to hear from citizens regarding matters that are not on the agenda. Except in very limited situations, state law precludes the Planning Commission from taking action on or engaging in discussions concerning items of business that are not on the agenda. However, the Planning Commission may refer matters not on the agenda to staff or direct the subject be agendized at a future meeting. Video or public Video or audio public comment participation is limited to three minutes per speaker. If you would like to make a comment, please raise your hand in the Zoom application and you will be called upon when it's your turn to speak. To raise your hand from a phone, press star nine. Each speaker will be notified when their time has elapsed. Great, thank you so much, Dan. At this time, I'm just looking for raised hands in the audience. This would be the time to make any public comment on any item not on the agenda this evening. Seeing none, I'll go ahead and close public comment and uh, would like to move on to item number four, which is the approval of Planning Commission meeting minutes. And 4A is uh, the September 7th minutes. Uh, so this would be the time for commissioners to comment on the meeting notes. Um, Commissioner Luxembourg, do you have any comments on the notes? Uh, no, thank you, Chair Pellin. Commissioner Graff? No comments. Commissioner Saad? No comments. Vice Chair Junius? No comment? Okay. Okay. Um, I, I just had one comment, and that is um, at the September 7th meeting, uh, Commissioner Luxembourg properly noted that the June 29th meeting minutes had already been approved and had asked them to be removed. And I would ask that that note be included here uh, in these meeting minutes so that should the public go back to, to uh, comb through any of this or if staff did, then they would be able to understand that those meeting minutes had already previously been approved uh, and not missing off of uh, these meeting minutes. Okay. Are there any other comments from any commissioners? Would, Madam Chair. Yes. Would you like me to, once once I get those uh, revised by Vicki um, Landon, Landon that does our minutes, would you like me to bring them back to, to commission? Uh, I'm okay. Well, I'd like to hear from the other commissioners, but if they're okay with that amendment, I would be willing to prove with that edit so you, we don't have to bring them back to the commission. Uh, okay. Are there any other comments from any commissioners uh, to that effect? Yes, Commissioner Lawson. I just want to ask, uh, so I don't see a need to have it come back, but I do want to post it online. Well, what is the status of getting the uh, recent minutes posted online? Um, we're working on that still um, internally. We we still need to get a lot of 
uh, a lot of minutes caught up because they were not um, they were not posted for years, um, very sporadically. So they've been they've been approved and and they were they were written and approved. It's just a matter of physically putting them on the website. I don't understand the problem. Uh, we're working on that internally. Well, that's what we said a couple months ago. And because we found because we found a lot that weren't approved. So we're trying Maybe, to sort out. Why can't you get up the ones that have been approved? We're working because we're trying to discern which ones we have to go through all the old minutes. Uh, at least the it, ones it that you've been here, you know what which those are. Why don't that takes a lot a lot of staff time. So. Can, can I make a suggestion? Because Commissioner Luxembourg, uh, it, it is really frustrating to the rest of the commission as well as I'm sure the public who wants to look at these documents. Um, can can we um, focus on what the item is at hand here, which is 4A and approving those meeting minutes under communications? We can certainly direct staff as a one-way communication for any other items. Um, but can we get through item 4A here and put this item to rest um, and address the, the rest of your concerns as well as others under communications? Well, the, uh, that's fine. My comment was related to uh, the question of whether we should see this again, and I don't need to see it again, but I would like to know that it got done, and there's no way for me to know that something gets done because when we had those three sets of minutes before this where we, we made changes like we're doing tonight, Chair Feller, and none of those have been posted yet. So I, I don't know, we, we, make, we make decisions and then we can't see it. So uh, I guess we can move ahead and improve this and then we don't know that the change you're suggesting actually gets incorporated. I, I share your frustration, um, Commissioner Luxembourg. I, I don't make light of it at all. Um, but in the interest of uh, this being the public hearing and not an internal meeting, I want I want to be able to move this item forward, but still have the opportunity to address your concerns, and hopefully um, find some way some path forward that is um, going to work for every everybody here. Uh, maybe perhaps under communications. But your point is well taken. That was my only point. I'm happy to move on. Okay. We move to approve the minutes. Thank you. Is there a second? Second. Thank you, Commissioner Graff. Dan, could you please call the roll? Commissioner Saad? Yes. Commissioner Graff? Yes. Commissioner Luxembourg? Yes. Vice Chair Junius? Yes. Chair Feller? Yes. Motion, motion carries. I'll make this change. Those were as amended, I, I assume. I assume yeah. the motion was as amended. Yes, as amended. Correct. Very well. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Um, let's move on to item number five, which is communication. So, Dan, let's start with you and uh, certainly our city attorney, Sergio Rudin, if he has any uh, anything to add with that. But let's start with CDD. Yeah, I have a couple things tonight. Um, they have made an offer to community development director who has accepted. Now they're just going through the background and the formalities. Um, not sure how long that's going to take. Um, but it's progress, it's moving forward. And um, with that, the next item I have on there is code enforcement update. And and Cece Muela is on, uh, she's somewhere out there. If you could unmute and show yourself, Cece. Oh, you're right in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Good evening, everyone. My name is Cece Muela, and I'm the code enforcement um, director 
with Morley, currently overseeing the CUD program in Sausalito. So uh, when we started up, I think we reported back um, earlier in the month that we had um, about 59 cases currently open. Um, 29 were closed since uh, we started up in Sausalito. There was a total of 88 when we first came on board. Currently, as of today, uh, we are um, with only 59 open still. The majority of those cases are work without permits with um, a second highest amount of STRs, and then all the others are interminglings between um, planning, fencing issues, ADUs, um, some erosion control issues that are out there. But for the most part, we are making segue. We are working with our constituents to ensure that they're submitting plans for approval. So we are um, ramping up our enforcement to ensure that we're keeping them up to date with the requirements and give them directive action so that they can come in and comply and get their property into compliance. And that's all right. I have. Thank you, Cece. Um, could you please circulate to the Planning Commission the full uh, list of enforcement items you have? There are quite a number that are open that we've discussed at this commission um, that we've asked to be readdressed and that hasn't happened. So uh, perhaps at the next uh, meeting, you could be specific about some of those items. And in the meantime, if you don't mind circulating that list. Absolutely. I can. I actually did pull a report, so I can go ahead and send that out with the highlights. And we can definitely, I can definitely elaborate on where we're at with specific uh, cases that are interest to this commission. Um, thank you, Chair Feller. Great. Thank you so much. Uh, and Dan, before we move on to our subcommittees, um, I requested that you have the city manager here to report out on the status of CDD and, and more detailed update on the new CDD director. Is he joining us this evening? No, he is not. Okay, could you please have him join us at the next meeting? I, I will I will bring that up to him again. Thank you. All right, let's move on to our subcommittees. Um, the first is the Objective Design and Development Standards Subcommittee, otherwise uh, referred to as ODDS, that Vice Chair Junius and I are sitting on. Uh, Vice Chair, I don't know that there's much to report out at this time. I think we're still waiting on uh, Bob Brown's contract extension, so... Uh, we are in a holding pattern until Bob can come on back and help us finish the work. Yes, and that information has been forwarded to the city manager and the mayor, and we are um, waiting to hear back from them. So um, that's that's the status of that at the moment. Um, how about, let's move on to the California Housing Legislation Working Group, which is yourself and Commissioner Luxembourg. Uh, I'll leave it to the two of you to report out on that. Sure. I, I don't have a, a lot to report. Last um, meeting, we talked about AB 2011, which was the big news. Um, I think a lot of jurisdictions are starting to uh, filter through that and understand how that is going to apply to non-residentially zoned uh, properties. Uh, eventually, I think there'll be some impacts on Sausalito, but it's too early to tell. And again, just a reminder for the community, um, that's doesn't. it's been passed, but it doesn't take effect until next summer. So we do have some time. We won't be getting any AB 2011 applications immediately will be waiting until 2023. Great, thank you. Uh, Commissioner Luxembourg, anything to add to that? No, I'm just wait, waiting to get more details from the state on that. Okay, well then let's move on to the standard conditions of approval for resolutions. Um, Commissioner Luxembourg, yourself and Vice Chair Junius also sit on that. So do you wanna report out on that? 
Uh, yes, we haven't. Uh, we will need to sit down once the new director gets on board and uh, work out how we're going to work that out with staff and, and legal. So. Okay, great. Jeffrey. Uh, thank you. Thank you both. And um, Sergio, um, I know that you've been copied on some of the uh, existing materials as well. So I assume you can you can help help the subcommittee and work with them to to craft something moving forward. Yeah, I'm certainly available to answer any legal questions that the subcommittee may have. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, moving on to the Ferry Landside uh, Working Group. This is a subcommittee that Vice Chair Junius and I sit on. Uh, this is the uh, Department of Public Works initiative for the grant money uh, for the land side uh, area where the, where the ferry terminal is here in Sausalito. Uh, since our last meeting, we've had um, a meeting last Friday with the working group and DPW's um, uh, consultant team. Um, uh, the Historic Preservation Commission is also involved in that as there are a couple small historic pieces and parts uh, as, as part of the puzzle to addressing this landside area. Um, so we have provided their comments. Um, the bottom line is uh, that Kevin is going to take that back with, with his consultant team and come back with a uh, proposed memo and some pr proposed designs. Uh, we asked, uh, we're still not sure if he will come directly back to the planning commission as we requested before, or if he's gonna still work with the working group and then provide a memo to the city council. Either way, there will still be opportunities for the public to comment on this, either, either with um, or in addition to uh, Planning Commission and City Council. And we've also requested that the consultant team reach out to the Yacht Club uh, because so much of this has rather significant impact to uh, public safety circulation, uh, ingress, egress uh, issues. So um, I'm hoping to by, the, by our next hearing, we'll have a little bit more information of what the status is and what that redesign is. Uh, uh, Vice Chair Junius, anything to add to that? Much appreciate you covering while I've been unavailable. So thank you for that great report. No problem. Okay, um, let's move on to the Housing Element Advisory Committee, otherwise known as HEAC. Commissioner Saad is sitting on that with me. Commissioner Saad, would you like to report out? Sure, Chair Feller. Um, we had a town hall back in September. And um, since then, we were in a public review period for the housing element and all of its sections. Um, the public comment period just recently closed on September 16th. Um, and I believe we have scheduled our next meeting on Thursday, October 13th. That was the last I saw that there was a quorum and I believe that's already posted on um, on the website for anyone to check the date for 6 p.m. Uh, we should be, if my understanding is correct, going through um, any edits to the housing element um, section for the general plan at that time. Otherwise, I want to call out a great resource that came out in the currents this past Friday, I believe, on the 16th. Um, Mayor Kelman had posted a 20-minute video and it is available in, in the currents and online to go over some general questions about the arena and our housing units and density bonuses and a lot of 
questions that have been asked um, by members of the community. And so I just wanted to call that out as well as our uh, binder, our virtual binder that is on the on the city's website um, as a great resource. Um, otherwise, a lot of public comment continues to come in and we're definitely looking for more, um, especially going into our next meeting. We are almost at the point, um, a few more months for submitting to the state. Uh, we definitely need to submit by our deadline in January. So getting down to the wire, um, outside of that, just to keep encouraging that public comment. Um, but Chair Feller, I don't know if you have anything to add. I know we had a hiccup with scheduling, so um, maybe I'll let you confirm for me if we are for October 13th. Yeah, I think we're gonna wait to confirm that, but I, I also wanna point out that the city council um, has, uh, and the mayor has signed a letter uh, declining uh, participation in the class action suit against HCD that is circulating around the state uh, that was covered in the city council uh, meeting. And I just wanna uh, make sure that that's reiterated here for the benefit of the public and those listening in at home. Um, so uh, that's just something to note. As it relates to comments, I would just really, first of all, commend the public for hanging in and following along a, a, a very detailed, complex and large amount of, of work and effort and documents and so on to filter through and providing some stunningly excellent comments uh, to, to the HEAC that definitely uh, does impact the perspectives and, and ideas in how this draft plan was put together and it will continue to shape how the final uh, plan is put together. So I would really uh, lean on the public again and ask you to remain involved. The EIR is being developed now and will be also circulated and comments on that are gonna be vital. Um, the draft plan is still a draft. We still wanna hear your comments in our public, public hearing if you wanna write in uh, before any hearing. And again, that will be confirmed. Um, on uh, the city schedule and um, confirmed again here at the commission hearing. Uh, we really just appreciate everybody um, uh, taking the time and the effort uh, to, to provide such great comments. So thank you for that. Um, okay, moving on. There are um, three working groups here uh, that both Commissioner Saad and Commissioner Graf uh, are assigned to. There's 110 4th Street, 12L Portal and the 52 Varda Landing. Um, so Commissioner Saad and Commissioner Graf, would you like to report out on each of those, please? Sure. Um, Commissioner Graf and I aligned earlier, so I'll, I'll speak on behalf of both of us, but we have, um, we are, we actually are at a slight impasse with 110 fourth. Um, Commissioner Graf and I are both looking for an actual sample. Um, I think we have some potential alignment as a concept, but we have not yet moved forward with um, potentially even getting a sample. So we do owe a response back to the applicant and um, we will take that action by tomorrow, but we're going to re-ask for some type of um, sample so we can actually visualize uh, what they're proposing. Otherwise we have received 
images um, as attachments online. If we cannot um, move forward, um, I will lean on um, our interim director maybe for some guidance there, um, but that's 110 fourth at this point. Um, for, let me go in order, let me just go back to the agenda. Um, 12L Portal, we are set from the last meeting. We have aligned on all of the color schemes. They have been decided and communicated both um, via myself to um, CDD, but the applicant had already communicated everything we had agreed upon when we met with Michael Rex. So we are all set there unless um, interim director Hortert, if you need anything further from us, just let us know, but it, we should be able to check that one off and take that off for, um, yep, great. And then for 52 Varda Landing, we are meeting with the applicant, um, Matt, who I believe is on the line tonight, um, on Friday um, at 52 Varda, um, Commissioner Graf and I will join him on site to discuss colors. So we should be able to have a final um, path forward and report out at, um, we'll communicate via email to CDD director, but we will um, be able to report out on a final color uh, for our next next meeting. Great, thank you. Commissioner uh, Graf, anything to add to that? Um, <clears throat> not really, only uh, regarding 4th Street. Uh, uh, the applicant did submit some photos of, of a uh, surface that they liked, um, but there were a couple of different photos, and they were they were slightly different. And then they said that, well, we want it to be something like this. So they they have tried to communicate their intent, but it really wasn't clear. So we're we're trying to push them to uh, do like a mock up, um, uh, which would not be an actual sample of the material. It would. It would be a simulation, but that would give us certainly something to uh, respond to. But that's it. Okay. Okay. Thank you for that. If I could just ask that you please keep uh, City Attorney Sergio Rudin copied on all correspondence, even to CDD on 110 And my understanding, just to confirm that 12 El Portal is closed out so that can come off our subcommittee list and we can dissolve the subcommittee. Is that correct? I think so. Yeah. Right. Okay. okay, Dan, you you're you got that. Okay, good. Um, then the the final final subcommittee at this point is Parklets. Um, uh, Commissioner Luxembourg and I sit on that. Um, Commissioner Luxembourg, would you like to report out on that? Uh, thank you, Chair Feller. Uh, the working group met on September twelfth. Kaylee Ford from CDDD from CDD is now taking lead on the project. The working group will be working also with legal to draft uh, the mechanisms to remove the emergency order that was put in place by the city council and replaced with either ordinance changes or a, a statute or however they're going to do it. The uh, city attorney uh, sat in for Sergio and Sergio will now pick up the ball and we'll talk about mechanisms. The mechanisms along with uh, the revised report and uh, a application in details will all be going back to the city council once the whole package is ready. But in the interim, a status update was sent to the city council as a one-way communication. So they're aware of the status of the, of the project. 
Excellent. Thank you. Thank you very much. I have nothing to add. And thank you for all your hard work on this. I know that this has taken a bit of a hiatus, but having Callie Ford uh, on this has really been a breath of fresh air and she's she's got some great ideas. So thank you. Um, I Before we uh, move on to a public hearing, I want to go back uh, to the item that Commissioner Luxembourg has uh, addressed earlier under item four. And I just, I want to implore the, the uh, community development director um, to please follow through uh, with these um, discussions and agreements that are happening. Um, you know, Commissioner Luxembourg has put a lot of his time into trying to get this right. And if something has changed or you've gotten other advice in the time, you, I, it's, I implore you to please uh, issue a one-way communication to the commission so everyone's aware and not we're not elevating the frustration and we're running a, a streamlined process here. It's in everyone's best interest and certainly we're here doing the public's work as well. So it's important uh, to everybody involved. Um, so I would just ask that you do that. And if we need to agendize this item in the, uh, at our next hearing, then for discussion purposes, then I'd, I'd like to uh, recommend that we do that. What is it that you're referring to, Madam Chair? I'm referring to the meeting that you had with Commissioner Luxembourg that he mentioned where uh, the issue was you're, you're issuing agendas to us and material with on a Friday before a Wednesday hearing. And some of these things are very complex that we need to get through this and a lot of comments that we get. And the idea is that we, you know, we, we are all here to do our very best and a very thorough job and a very fair job and so to do that, many complex projects sometimes require more time. So if we need to agendize that in the future, we will. If we need to revisit that offline, we will. Uh, but I'd like to um, uh, keep that item um, on our front burner of, of things to, to discuss uh, to ensure that we are a streamlined process here. All right, any other comments from any commissioner just by a show of hands, Commissioner Saad? May I ask a point of clarification, Chair Feller? Um, I know it's not agendized, but to Commissioner Luxembourg's point, um, I agree 100% in concept about our 10 days that we've all agreed upon. What, what happens if we did not have three yes votes on the agenda? Does that mean that the agenda does not move forward for the evening? So uh, we are, you know, this is a, these, this is one-way communication. So I know that this is a point of clarification that I'll ask our city attorney, Sergio Rudin, to address, but this isn't the time to actually get into dialogue sure. and debate, but I'll let him address the issue as a legal matter. So at that point, you'd basically have the choice of whether or not to recess or continue the meeting or adjourn the meeting to a different date. But as a practical matter, most public agencies, they don't have a vote on approving the agenda. Uh, it's not absolutely a formality that needs to occur with every public meeting. Um, so, you know, it's, I don't think it would necessarily be an impediment to continuing the meeting in the first instance. Um, but if, if, if the uh, members of the commission don't want to continue with having the meeting, then your, your options are to, you know, vote to adjourn the meeting at that point. Thank you. Thank you, Sergio, for that. Uh, any other one-way communications from any um, commissioner just by a show of hands? Nope. Okay. If not, I'm going to open this up for public comment. Uh, so this would be the time for the public to comment on item number five on your agenda. To do so, if you could raise your hand in the Zoom application 
or press star nine from a cell phone. I'll call upon you uh, in the order that I see your hand on, on my screen. So at this time, I'm just looking for any raised hands. Seeing none, I'll go ahead and close public comment and let's move on to item number six, uh, public hearing. Uh, Dan, I'll hand this over to you. Thank you, Chair Feller. Um, this is the time for any commissioners to declare any ex parte communications. Are there any? Commissioner Todd? Um, I did meet with the applicant for 212 Woodward. We did not discuss the merits of the project. Um, I did visit 265 Gate 5 on my own. I did not, um, I do not have any ex parte communications to declare. Great. Thank you, Commissioner Saad. Commissioner Luxembourg. Uh, I visited 212 uh, Woodward Avenue and 265 Gate 5 Road, but I did not have any, did not meet with anybody and had no ex parte communications, obviously. Thank you very much. Uh, Commissioner Graf. No ex parte <clears throat> communications. Thank you. Uh, Vice Chair Junius. No ex parte communications. Great. I have no ex parte communications to declare. Thank you. All right. So thank you, Chair Feller and members of the commission. Item 6A tonight is 212 Woodward Avenue design review with heightened review and a variance and encroachment agreement Project number ID or project ID 2022-00049, uh, Magda Gonzalez, contract planner. Good evening, commissioners. I'm going to share my screen. Great, we can see that. Thank you, Magda. Okay, thank you. As Director Horder stated, I'm presenting a project at 212 um, Woodward Avenue, <clears throat> the York Biles residence. Um, the applicant is Mr. Ted um, Bonu. The request is for a de design review permit with Hyden Review, an encroachment agreement and a variance. The design review with Hyden Review will is for a 500 square foot concrete parking deck. Uh, new windows and doors, a new trash enclosure, a new exterior layout uh, with a main entry deck and stairs with railings, an overhang to the existing ADU, a six-foot fence, um, three gates and stairs on the north side of the deck, and expanded, um, expanded decks. The new windows and doors are going to be located on existing openings. The deck to the left of the property is currently, um, it's going to be rebuilt and expanded 81 square feet. And the one on the right side on the lower deck, sorry, the lower deck is going to be rebuilt and made compliant with the current setback. It currently um, extends one foot into the five foot setback. So this project will allow it to be compliant with the required setbacks. The encroachment agreement uh, was originally established in 1984. I apologize for the typo that I have here on the PowerPoint and the document, the staff report. I listed one, 1985, but it was actually approved in 1984. And it was for the, um, the reconstruction of an entry deck and stairs to the front of the building, a lattice um, fence, as well as a six foot fence and the current um, 
detach, detached garage that you see right here. The revision to the encroachment agreement is now to add this new um, two-car parking deck, to add a built-in bench, a new planter, new um, fence, to uh, relocate the um, entrance to the garage, to add this new stairs. Um, sorry, I moved my cursor. Um, and to add the 42-inch tall um, partition wall, which we located right here next to the um, trash enclosure. And the variance um, request is to exceed the current 67% building coverage. Um, and the proposed one is 91.5%. And also to exceed the impervious coverage, which is currently 96% and the proposed is 112 square feet. The original variance was also approved in 1984, the same date that the um, encroachment agreement was approved. And it was also to exceed, well, like I mentioned, the building coverage and the impervious surface. Um, any changes to the, the new Partition wall will match the existing um, colors of the residence. There aren't any um, proposals to remodel or make any changes on the actual structures. They're all for the exterior improvements. These will be the colors of the new uh, fence and this two white um, items that you see here are the standalone um, mailboxes. One's proposed for the existing structure and the other one's for the ADU, which is also existing. These are the colors from the residence. Um, like I said, any new color, any new additions to the fences will match this one's to the interior fences. The, ex the exterior fence will match this new vertical stained wood fence. And these are the proposed illuminated address numbers. Uh, the proposal is exempt from CEQA, subject to sections 15301, E additions to existing structures structures and section 15303E, construction um, of accessory structures. Summary of the findings, um, the project is consistent with the neighborhood. The neighborhood is a mix of architectural styles, including parking decks located in front of the properties. The applicant submitted a package which included pictures of six properties along Woodward Avenue that currently have um, parking decks. Also, um, the project, the proposed project will improve circulation and enhance the safety of the entrance. Currently, entrance to the property is blocked by on-street parking. The proposal will allow the residents to um, park one of two other vehicles on site instead of on the street. There is still one designated on-street parking, just in case anybody needs it. Um, and it will, the new proposed, the expansion of the decks will allow further enjoyment of the property as well. Um, staff recommends that the Planning Commission adopt a resolution to approve the design review permit with height and review, the encroachment agreement and variance for the project as proposed, subject to conditions of approval. Alternatively, the Planning Commission may continue the hearing for additional information and or project revisions or direct staff to prepare a resolution for denial, stating specific reasons for it, why any one or more findings cannot be made. Um, 
That concludes my presentation. I do want to note that yesterday's staff received a comment from Jane Dirks, who um, asked the architect or engineer to be mindful of any possible water runoff. I do want to um, state that the civil engineer has designed the a drainage system that will allow the water from all the new impervious um, surfaces to be retained, contained within the site and then um, to be rerouted to a new retention basin located right there on the on the property at the back of the structure, of the existing structure. Um, also the applicant and architect, Mr. Ted um, Bonu is on the call and has prepared a presentation. Thank you, Magda. Thank you very much for that. Um, just real quick before we move into uh, questions um, to you from the commission. Uh, you mentioned that there was one, one public comment regarding uh, the water runoff. Is that correct? Yes. Um, she, her, she stated that she just a, she's a bit concerned about um, possible water runoff when it rains. Um, she says the water just goes directly to the property because her street is below um, Woodward Avenue. So she was okay. concerned with any additional water flow. Okay. And was that, that is the only public comment we've received so far? Yes, ma'am. And you've posted that to the agenda? We received it yesterday. Yes, so it's posted on the agenda? Oh, I didn't post it on the agenda. Okay, well, when we get public comments, we need them posted to the agenda. I mean, we were getting public comments on another item. I, I was unaware. So we need to get I, this posted. I was unaware. Okay, um, let's get this posted right right away. Um, thank you, thank you for that. Okay, uh, thank you for indulging my clarification there. Let's. This is the time for commissioners to ask any clarification questions to to staff. Uh, Commissioner Luxembourg, let's start with you on this item. Uh, thank you, Chair Fowler. Uh, Magna, thank you. I have a series of questions. I'll do them one at a time and look for responses on. On page two of your report, you mentioned that the project is on the upslope uh, in the in the first paragraph. This project's obviously you've been you've been out to the site, is that correct? No, sir, not physically. No. You have not been out to this site. No. Uh, I thought that was a requirement of four leaf that all people would have to visit the sites that they. Is that not part of the no, contract? That, that's that's not a requirement. Uh, I'll check the contract on that. I believe it is. But moving on, um, it is located on the downslope side, which you do indicate in the attached resolutions, because you indicate on page eight of the findings attachment that it is on the downslope. Can you correct your report and make that an upslope? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, make that correct yeah, so the upslope to be a downslope. Uh, you indicated in your report that it has a dedicated on-street parking space, but not tonight you said it is not a dedicated on-street parking space, which makes more sense to me. Is it a dedicated space or a non-dedicated space? It shouldn't be a dedicated space. It's in, it's in the public right away. Um, well, I meant it's dedicated in the sense that it will allow parking, um, on-street parking. It won't block the entrance to the to the structure right in front of the planter um people will be able to park there 
a dedicated space to a project would mean it's dedicated to that unit, like the two oh. in the deck would be dedicated. So can you correct your report and make it consistent with what you had in your presentation tonight? Yes. You say a non-dedicated space. Uh, you, you you mentioned in response to Chair Fowler's comment, you have not that that non-dedicated space is opposite some garages across the street, which before there was an entrance to the house there. So now the garages are going to back into this space. Have they commented at all in any way? So you've not heard from anybody across the street. No. Okay. And um, um, the on page nine of the resolutions that you're proposing, uh, in there's a typo in item D. You have uh, instead of the word granting, you should have the word granting with a T, G R A N T I N G. Um, you you indicated tonight that there were six properties and you have photographs. Can you put those up on the screen? There, I did not find them in the in your report or in the packet. Is there a reason you didn't provide us with those? Yeah, it was an oversight on my part. I apologize. I thought they were part of my presentation and part of the report the applicant had provided as part of his um, application. Give me just a second, please. When you revise your report, if you could attach those, that would be helpful. Yes, I will do that. I'm sorry, I'm having issues with uh, my PDF. Give me just a second. Maybe I'll go on with other questions and we'll come yes, back please. to that, if that's helpful. Yes, uh, was this project sent to uh, Southern Marine Fire? Yes. Uh, and did you get comments back from them? Have you I did, yes. To them? And what, what were those comments? The comments were just that... Um, That the northwest portion of the Woodward exit um, is prohi prohibited to have off-street parking due to maintaining um, emergency vehicles. So does that change the plan? No, because they just included uh, the availability for off-street parking because that space would be available, but it's not a designated parking. They're proposing their parking to be designated as part on the um, concrete parking deck. Uh, I, I'm not following. They, the Southern Marin Fire doesn't want, where on the plan does the Southern Marin Fire not want parking? They don't want off-street parking. Magda, could you kindly share a plan so we understand what you're referring yes, to? Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Yeah. So, uh, forgive me, Commissioner Luxembourg. No, thank, thank you, Chair Fellow. That's helpful.
So this area, um, they don't want it to be designated as off-street parking. If they don't want it to be designated off-street parking, then this plan shouldn't be, you should have had them revise the plan to eliminate the parking. That was the space I was worried about because of the garages across the street. If they're saying they don't want somebody to park there, then we should, well, first of all, we need a condition. You have no conditions in here, which is very unusual that we don't have conditions from a red fire. And so that was a red flag for me. And obviously they have some concerns. So can you add to your report, uh, whatever they sent to you? And can we have this plan revised to, they want that to be a no parking area? They don't want it to be designated. Um yeah, I will revise the plan to include what they stated. The applicant was just listing on there as it's available, but not designated. I, I don't think the applicant would even have the authority to designate on-street parking, correct? Right. So it would just be available if people wanted to park there, but they wouldn't, yeah, they wouldn't technically be designating it. If the Marine Fire wants that to be striped as no parking, then it needs to be striped as no parking. So I guess I'm, can you, when you, when you revise your report with the other changes, can you add Marin Fire's comments so we know what they are? And yeah, I'll ask for clarification as well. Yes. And, they, and, and don't they want conditions? They usually want conditions. That's all they provided, but yes, I will, I will ask for clarification and if they want to add anything else. And ask if they want any conditions, because normally there's a set of conditions regarding sprinklers and a bunch of other issues that they have. So, uh, and then was the plan reviewed by Public Works? Yes. Because usually Public Works has extensive conditions and there was only one condition from Public Works. What did Public Works say? Yes, um, there was only one condition because the applicant addressed all their comments. Um, give me just a second. But there's usually standard conditions that they want regarding utilities and storm runoff and those types of things. That's true, um, but when they revised them, they didn't include any of that. But maybe they thought you were just going to use their standard conditions. Did you talk to them about that? I did, um, but yeah, I can ask for further information. Give me just a second. Uh, Chair Fellow, those are the questions I have at this time. When Magda, when you find those photographs, that would be oh, helpful. Yes. But we can go on to other commissioners' questions. Great. Uh, thank, thank you, Chair Fellow. Thank you, Commissioner Luxembourg, for your thorough review. Um, you raised some excellent points here. Uh, Commissioner Graff, let's move on to you. Uh, any questions for uh, staff at this time? Um, no, I don't. The only thing that was um, somewhat confusing to me is um, uh, how, how does one arrive at 112% of impervious surface? Um, if, I mean, I don't understand 112%. Uh, I don't know how that was arrived at and I'm not really sure what it means. It takes into account not only um, the size of the parcel, but also what you're proposing the, the encroachment on the right of way. So, so it's 112% of what? The parcel itself, if you take account what they're proposing on the right of way, it would be a total of 112%. So it would technically cover the entirety of the parcel and a little more. 
if it wasn't um, proposed on the right of way. Um, okay. Um, so it's it's not 112% of the what would ordinarily be permitted or it's still a little confusing to me. Maybe uh, maybe it's just me, and maybe it's not really that important. But I stumbled on that. Um, um, so now that's the only other the only question I had. Commissioner Graf, if, if, if I may, I think Magda, what would be helpful with Commissioner Graf's question, which is fair, you've got the total size of the parcel, right, which is the existing is 3,810 square feet. Um, but in the proposal, you haven't identified what this new total is of the parcel size with the encroachment. So what what is the existing parcel size and what is the encroachment size in square footage as you've expressed it in the parcel side and that that will tell us i think what we want to know okay um i will definitely provide a breakdown um on the revised report i understand how that's not clear yeah and even if you asterize under parcel your table your project summary table you have existing and then you have proposal as two different columns. Under proposal, if it's no change to the parcel size, understood, but if there's an encroachment there, which doesn't necessarily change the size of the parcel, but it, it adds the allowable area to improve, just you can even asterize it and tell us what, what that okay. number is. That, that will address, I, I believe, Commissioner Graf's um, question. That would be helpful, thank you. <clears throat> okay, any anything else, Commissioner Graf? Um, no, that's it. Okay. Commissioner Saad. Hi guys, just I'm here. I don't know what my camera is doing, but I'm here if you don't see me. Um uh thank you, Commissioner Graf. I had the same question. Um my other question is can you, Magda, confirm so there is an existing um encroachment agreement, is that correct? Yes. And then do we know from the square footage of the everything that's coming with this encroachment agreement, what that square footage is? I mean, how much is the encroachment? I don't think I was able to decipher that. No, I didn't provide that data. Do we know it per chance? I um. think... I can save that for the applicant, um, but I would be curious to know um, if, I mean, that might be something to include as well. Uh, this is clearly going to get revised. If we can add that in just what the actual encroachment, it'd be great to get what the current encroachment is um, and then the, the new encroachment. And then um, I believe there was going to be a fence along the side and, um, do we know what the distance between that fence that will be built along the wall, I believe, with the trash bins and, and the neighbors are? Do we have that distance? I believe it's um, 17 feet, but the applicant can confirm that for me. Okay. 
Um, those were all the questions I had right now. Thank you, Chair Feller. Great. Thank you very much, Commissioner Saad. Uh, Vice Chair Junius. Uh, no questions for staff. Thank you, Chair Feller. Okay, thank you. Uh, Magda, I'd like to just um, go back, if we could, to the public comment you received regarding um, water runoff and, and, and all of that. Did, did DPW uh, get that uh, comment? Was that circulated to Department of Public Works? No, I was not. Okay. Well, we, and can you we, we don't usually circulate comment letters like that. We just put them in the agenda. Um, so Magda, can you show me, can you put up any civil or site drawings that were of the, just point out to me the area of concern? Um, yeah, give me just a second. And while you're doing that, um, just to kind of let you know, just the other question I have, um, I want to, I also am going to want to go back to your project summary table uh, after we look at the, the civil. So I just want to give you a heads up. I want to look at that with you and the rest okay. of mission and the public here. The owner, um, whose comment we received, their property is located on the street on the rear of the property. So they're concerned that um, the proposed impervious surface is gonna generate more runoff water to their property. But um, there's a new ret uh, retention basin proposed right here. So it's- you, um, Sorry, Magda, do you mind zooming in? I'm no. struggling to keep up with your cursor. Sorry about that. I just that. apologize if it freezes on me. I'm, having issues with it. Okay, there we go. So this would be the new um, retention basin. Okay, and it's just a basin. So do you know where it's piped to? Is it piped to a main? I do not, um, I don't know, I apologize. Are there any drawings that would indicate that? Yes, um, give me just a second. That one should have it. So how they are um, engineer designed it. The water is supposed to be re retained here on the site, and then any leftover would go to the basin here. And from the basin, where does it go? Um, Scroll down a little bit. If it's a retention, that it'll stay in the basin till it percolates into the ground. I'm trying to find the notes. Um, yeah, it just says bioretention. Note number 26. 
Oh, maybe it's 20. It's going to a lateral. Is there a lateral there? No, it's a retention basin. Oh, by retention. Okay. Yeah. It, it's hard, hard, sorry, hard to read here on the, it's moving. Okay. All right. Thank you, Magda. Yeah. Okay. Um, and can you just, um, for the benefit of the public, uh, highlight again why this is heightened design review? Because of the um, excess in building coverage, the request for building coverage, it's more than 80%. Great. So let's go ahead to the project summary table very quickly. And then we'll um, ask the applicant to, to uh, make a presentation. But let's go to that very quickly. I'm sorry, give me just a second. Will this suffice or um, the one for the resolution? Where's the project summary table? It's, it's in the staff report. It's on page five of the staff report. Okay, and it goes on to page six, but let's let's zoom in so we can all actually read that and those at, at home and in the audience can read that the table. Okay, so if you're, if you can scroll down a little so we can see the table, that would be great. Okay. All right, so just real quick, the parcel area, you've got existing and then proposal. I think perhaps this is where you can help indicate as both uh, Commissioner Graff and Commissioner Sadev uh, made points of what, add in or identify somehow what the the current encroachment size is and what the new encroachment size is. And are there really two encroachments or are we pulling it all together into one as one total? That would be really helpful. Yeah, I will definitely add a new field um, with what the previous encroachment granted because a lot of the structures that they're proposing now were approved previously. Um, I just didn't have a clear breakdown of what that square footage was at that time. And you're referring to 1984? Yes, ma'am. Uh-huh. The variance and the encroachment that were approved at that time. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Well, it, it's important to get this right. Um, so let's, let's make sure we do that. Um, I'm just curious about um, on the, if you just scroll down a little bit more to the rest of the table, that would be helpful. Um, can you just go over um, how, like, they've got the ordinance allows for 75% maximum impervious surface, and this is 96. So the delta between 75, if you scroll down, there you go, um, 75 and 96, is that is that delta related to the encroachment? Yes. Okay. I think we just need to quantify that. Uh, it's important. I mean, particularly if 
something happened in 1984 and there's not enough record or understanding what that is, let's make it clear here. So okay. have that problem again. Um, and then under the parking, it's two per dwelling unit. Um, and so there are four, four spaces um, proposed here, which I understand. Um, however, I'm curious, because this is close to public transportation, is that is that still a requirement? Did you double check that? Because you're with, within with, with your striking distance of public transportation, usually those parking requirements are, are um, minimized. That it's required, no, but that they were proposing that that's why it's listed as proposed, not required. Okay. Um, so is that a discussion that you had with them? Regarding it being required or proposed? Yes. Um, no, because I understood um, that they they knew that they just two parking spaces were required per dwelling. The other one, they're considering an ADU, and based on the size of the street, they wouldn't be required to do to provide two other parking spaces and their proximity to transportation. Right. So you're you're saying that this complies. Yeah. Um, all right, well, we, we could talk about that. Um, just saying, thank you for, for clarifying that. Okay, um, just back to Commissioner Luxembourg's question of these um, other six properties that you're referring to. If you have any um, evidence of that, that would be helpful. Yeah, before we move to the applicant. I'm trying to open the PDF and it's not working for me. I apologize. Okay. Um, Commissioner Luxembourg, if it's okay with you, I'm going to go ahead and ask the applicant to present. And while the applicant is presenting, hopefully Magda can find um, those those items that we want to see if you're uh, amenable to that. Yes, and it was submitted from the applicant. So maybe when we ask the applicant questions, maybe they can find what they submitted. So. Oh, I found them. I found them. Okay, let's have a look. Okay. So this is what's proposed? No, this are other properties within uh, Woodward Avenue that Do have we, um, parking decks. We have address anything? Uh, yes, ma'am. Is it 234 Woodward and 238? Is that what the numbers mean by the photo? Yes. Can I ask uh, Chair Fellow Magda, did you look up these these samples and see if they also had encroachments or whether they were they and, and what the impervious surface for those were? 
I did not look on the previous surface, but yes, yeah, some of them did have um, encroachments. So you don't know which of these is comparable specifically and which is not? I don't remember right now. No. I see. Okay. Um, anybody need to see anything else at this time? Just by no. show of hands, any of the commissioners? No. no. Okay. Um, I think Magda, as requested, this needs to be included in our uh, staff report. Yes. Okay. Let's go ahead and stop sharing screen then. And let's invite the applicant uh, to, to present. And who, let me see, who in the audience is presenting on behalf of the, of the applicant? It, Ted, okay. Ted, hello, welcome, Ted. Um, Zoom team, if we could um, uh, allow uh, Mr. Bono to please, you're co-hosted now, um, so you should be able to unmute. Uh, if you need to share your screen, if you could indicate that um, as well, or, or go ahead and do so. So welcome this evening. Uh, the format is you have 15 minutes to make a presentation uh, uh, to the commission and to the public. Uh, if we interrupt you at any time, that will stop the clock. That doesn't count against your time. And if you have any uh, time left and you'd like to use it later, I'll make note of that. And um, and, and you can use it after public comment. So the floor is yours. Welcome welcome this evening and thank you for being here. Uh, thank you, thank you so much. Um, and I'm here with Lisa York, the owner of the property. And I can share my screen? Yes. Okay, do you mind letting me know if you can see my presentation? We can, yes, thank you. Okay, great. And some of the questions that were coming up, I, I do have answers to. I was considering going out of order to answer those, but I think I'll just stick in order and answer them as they come up. And let's go to the beginning, not the end. Okay, I just wanted to start by stating the project goals, what's behind this project, why we've submitted this project. Um, number one is to improve the existing ADU. Um, this photograph right here is a, is a picture of the entry into the ADU, non-code compliance stairs, um, a little bit kind of disorienting, confusing to find your way through. Um, so we are proposing to build a new entry on the street. Uh, can you see my cursor? Yeah. Okay, so yeah. new mailbox, new address sign, entry from the street with a code compliance stair that leads clearly down to the ADU entrance down here. And we um, are proposing, this is the lower floor, which actually shows the floor plan of the ADU. We're proposing to provide a covered entry and provide a nice usable deck for outdoor living space for the ADU that's separate from the main residence. Another project goal is to improve parking. And this, um, I guess, can address one of the questions that Commissioner Feller was asking. Um, I do think that because of proximity to public transportation, additional parking for the ADU is it's not a code requirement, but it's also, kind of recognizable that most people own cars. So, um, you know, 
improving the parking in part is to add parking for the ADU. Um, this is a photograph of the, oh, someone's asking to enter the waiting room. Should I admit them? Never mind. You're, you're okay, continue on. Okay, sorry. So um, here's the existing conditions. Um, and, and this is to address another comment about the, the fire department. Um, yes, there were comments during uh, when we submitted and during incompleteness from McKenna, the fire marshal. She made a site visit and later recognized that um, the street parking is permitted here. So on our site plan, um, if you see this cloud, this is the actual cloud that we put on our drawings when we resubmitted um, for incompleteness. She uh, note, uh, made a note that there's no parking signs right here pointing to the left. And sorry, get this out of the way. Another no parking sign here pointing to the right. Parking is actually permitted um, across this width and there needs to be 11 feet clear. And so she made a site visit, recognized that clearances were there. And um, that's why that's not a condition of approval. So, you know, these are street parking spaces that exist, not obviously not dedicated to this property, just public street parking spaces. Okay, sorry. So, um, Showing existing conditions, street parking is kind of limited in this area because of those no parking zones. Um, the main entry to the property often gets blocked by cars that are parked right there. That's another thing that we wanted to improve. Um, and the existing garage right here is about 19 feet wide, so a little bit tight for two cars, and there is no extra parking for the ADU currently. Um, with the proposed design, we are creating two new off-street spaces, so four total off-street, and we only lose one parking space, so we have a net gain of a space in the neighborhood. Um, and that's because we designed we design this carport specifically to, to maintain enough room right here for a street public street parking space in between the two. Um, Another project goal was to improve the curb appeal and just the general circulation and functionality of the property. Uh, the ex existing street frontage is, is a bit random in appearance, not super aesthetically pleasing. There's multiple gates, fences, stairs. Um, this is a photograph here. I don't know those of you who did go to the site probably saw this, but if you haven't been to the site, it's good to see um, sort of what it's like and, and what, what could use to be improved upon. Um, the proposed street frontage is, is as, as a result of the project will be more organized, clearly delineates entrance to the main house and the separate ADU. And um, uh, the access to both units is, is more clear. Each separate unit has its own clear entrance. I'm sorry, sorry to interrupt, but if you could go back, where is the deck on the elevation? I'm confused now. I thought I knew the parking deck. Yeah, it's right here. Why doesn't it not show? 
what is what are we seeing if we're not seeing cars? Um, we're seeing a low resolution image. I apologize, but this is the outline of a, a, um, a SUV um, size car, and this is the outline of. Oh, a, I, see, I see it now. Thank you. No, apologize for the low resolution there. I get it now. I see it now. Okay. Um, calculations. This this will this will definitely address some of the things that you were talking about. The data calculations are somewhat misleading, and that is because municipal code requires that we add areas for structures that are not physically on the property for both coverage and impervious surface. So while we're using the area of the lot, which is this shape, for the denominator, if you will, the, the area that we're using to add to it are, is all of this area that is in the right of way. And that's how we end up with like 112% um, of impervious surface. Um, the other thing I wanted to point out is that municipal code requires that we include decks in impervious surface. And, and so that's what we included in our calculation, but decks allow water to drain through them to the ground below. So they're not truly um, impervious surface from a, a civil engineering perspective. So both of these uh, requirements are what create the uh, you know high numbers compared to what's really happening here. Um, drainage, I know there was a neighbor comment and I believe, Lisa, can you yes. come this? Where my cursor is here is where the neighbor lives who made the comment. Um, so, so because we're we're proposing to increase impervious area through this project, we hired Lee and Braze, licensed civil engineer, to address the drainage. I do want to make, to make note here again: all of these areas that you see with this kind of wood hatch, these are the decks. So these drain through to the ground. The new real impervious surface that we're adding is this parking deck right here. And it drains via a hard line. Zoom in here a little bit. Drain in the middle and it comes around the side of the property and it's captured in this bioretention planner. So there is actually no increased runoff as a result of the added impervious surface to our, to our project. So I think that's a good thing for the neighborhood. Um, I was gonna bring this up. Here's the six photos of, of the neighboring properties, just showing you that there is a neighborhood pattern for parking decks um, in on all of these downsloping properties. These are all on the same 200 block of Woodward Avenue on the downslope side. I don't know which of these have um, current encroachment permits, but they are all physical encroachments. Um, so I wanted to thank Magna for the detailed staff report and findings, and just kind of conclude by uh, emphasizing sort of the net gains for the community. We have increased parking in the neighborhood. Um, we've created this via a parking deck that is really low in profile and unimpactful on the neighborhood. Um, we've improved curb appeal and uh, no increased runoff with an uh, added impervious surface, and we get a more usable ADU. 
So thank you for your time. And uh, that is all I have for you tonight. Terrific, thank you so much. I will note that you've got uh, four minutes and 35 seconds left, although um, we didn't stop the clock um, when Commissioner Luxembourg was asking a question. So let's leave it at an even five, should, should you wanna use that later. Thank you. Um, uh, if you don't mind um, stopping the, the screen share here for just a moment. Yes. Great, thank you so much. And thank you for your, your presentation. Uh, Ms. York, did you wanna add anything at this time? Um, my husband's on the phone as well. Um, and he, um, we were both really excited about the projects. Um, all the neighbors that we reached out to have been um, really supportive of what we're doing. And I think they're looking forward to seeing, you know, an improvement in front of our house. So I think those are my main comments. Thank you, thank you for that. Um, so this would be the time that commissioners have the opportunity to ask you any clarifying questions before we move in to, to public comment. Um, oh, I'm sorry, may I say one more thing? Sure. Um, you were asking about areas of the encroachment and yeah. I, did, I did do some calculations while the staff report was going on. Would you like to hear those? Yes, please. Okay. So the existing area of the existing encroachment is 832 square feet. And the proposed new encroachment area is 615 square feet. And, and just a question of clarification, we don't need to keep the clock going Zoom team. These were questions that we were asking. Um, so just uh, as a point of privilege, just to ask a clarifying question here, these are the, the, the new encroachment agreement is additive. It's not redundant with any part of the existing encroachment. Is that correct? The numbers that I gave you are additive. So um, what I did is I took the existing um, encroachment area and then I, I added the 615 square feet is, is only new area. It's not like reconstructed. Okay. Yeah, does that make sense? It does make sense, yes. Thank you, thank you for that clarification. It, um, if, I'm, if I might ask you one other thing, Tahoe is the other owner and his hand is up. So if we're still in, in our present- We're meeting. moving, to, yeah, we're moving into commissioner questions of, of um, of the applicant, I'm going to ask Tahoe's iPhone to to unmute if if he would like to answer any of these questions. And of course, we still have five minutes at the end. Okay, thank you. Comments after public comment. So, uh, if we could, there we go. Tahoe's iPhone is 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 unmuted. Great. So, um, Commissioner Saad, let's go ahead and start with you, if we could. Do you have any questions for the applicant at this time? I. I definitely, uh, no, thank you to the applicant for the presentation. And I was very curious on the encroachment. Um, could you confirm if you do know, I believe Magda said, and I'm sorry, I don't know where I am on this video, but I'm here. Um, I th Magda, I think said the distance between that right um, fence and the next neighbor was 17 feet. But do you happen to know offhand or can you confirm that? Um, so, so it's a little weird because because it's all such a wide right of way there. So it's it's a little hard to determine where the neighbor starts, but 
Would would you mind if I share my screen one more time so I can show you? I I did do a measurement. Would that be great? Please. Okay. So what I did is I did I took a measurement from from this. This is what you're asking, correct? Um, yes. That from that point, yes. So I went from here to here, which is sort of the closest neighbor's corner. Is that is that what you, you mean? Yes. I mean, I, I visited the property and knowing that area, I guess that is the only adjacent neighbor based on the okay. property. It's 38 feet from 38 feet from here to here. Okay. Great. Should Thank I you. Stop, stop my share. I'll defer to the chair, but that was those were all the questions I had. Thank you. Yes, okay. thank, thank you for sharing your screen. Um, okay, and thank thanks. you, Commissioner Saad, for the question. Commissioner Graf? Um, <clears throat> the, um, no, uh, the only question I had was, um, has been clarified, so thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Commissioner Luxembourg? Uh, thank you, Chair Fellow. Ted, I think you answered all the questions I had. However, the, your comment to the chair about these square footages, if you could put that screen back up. I just sure. have a, one quick question about the overlap part of the question. Um, so uh, currently between the parking garage and the parking deck, all of that area currently is in the encroachment. Is that part of the 815 or whatever? Actually, if you don't mind. Uh, yeah, um, let me see. Do I have the existing plan here? Yes, here is the existing plan. So the 832 square feet, I included the garage. Right. And I included um, this existing deck, actually only what's in front of the property line. Right. I did not include these stairs. I wasn't sure if they should count or not. I see. And then on the new one, um, what I did is I drew that same line and then I drew another line that includes the rest of everything beyond that line. And that's okay. where I came up with 615. Okay, that's what I thought. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm good with that. Sir, follow those are the only questions I have. Thank you. Great. Thank you, Commissioner Luxembourg, and um, walking through that just to be sure. Thank you. Uh, Vice Chair Junius. No questions. Thank you. Great. Thank you very much. Um, thank you again for your presentation. I, I think you've uh, addressed uh, most, of, most of the questions that I had, so I appreciate that uh, greatly. Um, so if the Commission does not have any additional questions of the applicant at this time, uh, just by a show of hands, I don't see uh, anybody else having more questions. I'd like to open this up to public comment. Uh, to do so, uh, you can raise your hand uh, in the Zoom application or press star nine on your cell phone. Um, we are on item 6A on this evening's agenda. You'll have three minutes for public comment. Um, and I'm just looking for raised hands at this time. Again, this is public comment on item 6A. Seeing no hands raised, I'm going to go ahead and uh, close public comment and uh, allow uh, you, uh, Mr. Bono and Ms. York and 
Tahoe's iPhone uh, to make any closing remarks you would like to make at this time. Um, Tahoe, if you if you're listening, would you like to say or add anything or say anything? Still, I think we're I think we're good then. Yes. Oh, there oh, he no, is. There he is. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, my video won't come on. Uh, Tahoe Boaz here. You probably know me from Southern Wind Fire. Just wanted to thank everybody for their time and uh, looking into the project that we're proposing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So no more comments, but yes, thank you so much. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. With that, let's go ahead and uh, move the conversation up to our virtual dais here for any deliberation uh, and any motions that we might be considering this evening on item 6A. Uh, Commissioner Luxembourg, would you like to start us off? Uh, okay, Chair Feller. Uh, I think that I, I understand this, uh, the reasoning for the variance. I do think the additional parking space is helpful. I do think that the uh, parking for the ADU, even though it's not required, would be helpful. Uh, I, uh, I think it'll improve. Uh, the landscaping will be uh, improved in the front. It'll be clearer. Uh, I think all of that works. Uh, I do think we need to have the staff report correct. I do think we need uh, the conditions from Public Works because I know that they're going to want standard conditions unless they've changed their philosophy. I think we also need uh, Marin Fire usually has conditions. Every other project we've approved has had conditions. I think that we should have those. So. I don't know how to, uh, we've had problems in the past where we, we, we make changes from the dais to the conditions. And then in one case, it took over six weeks to get those uh, uh, that posted and they weren't correct. And then we had to correct them. So I think we need to somehow, we might need to, unfortunately to continue this to get the staff report correct and the conditions correct so that we have the information in front of us. Had, uh, to my earlier comment, had this come in 10 days before, I could have got these questions to staff and they could have been ready to go with with the uh, with the correction. So again, that process for the future is critical. But for tonight, I, my thought is I'm not sure how we, we don't have information we need, even though I could support both the variance and make the findings for, for the project. So that's where I'm at at the moment. You're on mute. Sorry about that. Yes, thank you. Uh, thank you, Commissioner Luxembourg. Uh, Commissioner Sott, your thoughts. Um, Commissioner Luxembourg stole my thunder. I, I'm hugely supportive of this project. I think it makes sense. I think being able to have an extended um, invitation to visit the site also made it all that more tangible. Um, so I can really understand what they're trying to achieve. And I think, um, I think there there can be some improvements and they're they're striving to make it the best that they can. I think the parking is a great idea. Woodward is a very complicated street. And I think we all know that. So adding parking is always a win, whether it's required or not. Um, I am wondering if we can find some type of compromise to move this forward tonight, but I completely share Commissioner Luxembourg's concerns I, I've got concerns on the staff report and why there's there's so much missing it's it's giving me pause um, in terms of Southern Marin fires comments public comment 
um, some of the the math on the variance. Um, but I, I I'm not sure in terms of continuing just yet. But I, I do share the same concerns on um, approving something and putting it on public record without being 100% certain. I think the staff report, excuse me, the the applicant presentation really did answer everything. Uh, all of our concerns and seems accurate. So I'm hoping we can use that um, and leverage it to, to move forward. But um, on the record, definitely supportive and, and would like to find a way to move this forward tonight if we can. Thank you, Commissioner Saad. Thank you for that. Um, Commissioner Graf. Um, thanks, Chair Feller. <clears throat> um, well, um, I can certainly make the findings. Uh, I think it's a, a very nice project, well thought out. Um, uh, I'm totally in support of it. Um, I'm not overly concerned with the sort of errors and omissions that are in the staff report and so on, because I, I think those can be corrected. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm comfortable with moving the project ahead uh, in fact, I'd make a motion for approval uh, subject to uh, clarification on the staff report um, and any other uh, pertinent information. But I think it has all been clarified and, and all seems to be in order to me. So um, yes, I, I would support the project 100%. And Commissioner, you know, if, if you're trying to make a move uh, motion to approve the project, um, subject to clarification is a little bit ambiguous oh, and okay. I, I will, I will just state that, you know, if you're approving the project, I don't really see that going to revisit and revise a staff report would be particularly useful. However, if there's concerns about conditions of approval, we should potentially clarify that in a motion to approve because that would, that would be an important part of the approval itself. I see. Okay. Um, Thank you. Yes, maybe somebody could help with uh, with the words, but but you get my intent. Yeah, definitely get your intent. Appreciate that. And Sergio, thank you for for weighing in there. Let's yeah, thanks. Let, let's see what Vice Chair Junius has to say. Also, uh, he might have some yes. ideas here. Thank you, Chair Feller. Um, yeah, I think we're all on board. This is a you know I've actually walked by this property a fair amount of times, and and this. This specific stretch of Woodward is interesting. Um, obviously, this is a pretty common condition. It actually seems to be the more, you know, this is a pretty common condition all over Sausalito. There are the, the curvy streets uh, up on the hillside create this, you know, kind of, in my opinion, kind of bizarre right of way situation that probably can't be avoided, but it creates an enormous amount of, you know, kind of unfortunate complications and uh, detail that is you know, seemingly overwhelming for such a relatively straightforward project, in my opinion. Um, totally agree with everybody. I think we, this is a, a somewhat of a no-brainer. We can figure out how to move it forward. Um, I think the city attorney's right. It's not really about the staff report. The staff report is what it is. Um, uh, we're on, that's unfortunate, the, the you know, state of it. But, um, you know, I think the good news is nobody's questioning the, the plans. The plans seem 100% spot on. I think the project sponsor and the architect did a great job with the presentation. So. I don't think there's any question we can approve this project based on the plans. And if it comes down to some type, some uh, 
you know, motion that includes adding standard conditions that we all have seen before uh, in other motions, uh, in other approvals, um, I would be fine with that. Um, so um, maybe uh, City Attorney Rudin can guide us along here. But, you know, it is unfortunate that we didn't have time to ask some of these questions to get the conditions worked out. But at this point, it really is down to the conditions of approval. Um, you know, thankfully, unlike a lot of things we've seen in the past months, the plans are spot on. Nobody's questioning the accuracy uh, of the plans. Um, you know, it's a complicated site, relatively complicated project in, in a lot of ways, but but it's, uh, it's it's ready to go as far as I'm concerned. I would I would move it forward, notwithstanding you know questions about conditions. Um, so I'm ready to go. And I believe the main concern that was voiced by some of the commissioners was concern over the Southern Marin Fire District's conditions of approval. And, you know, while there have been all of the conditions listed in prior projects, that is not strictly something that is necessary in order to approve a project. We can add a condition of approval simply requiring the applicant to comply with any conditions imposed by Southern Marin Fire District. So uh, if the commission is interested in improving the project tonight, uh, you could move to adopt the resolution um, with a modification to condition number 13 to uh, require compliance with any conditions uh, imposed by Southern Marin Fire District. Yeah, that seems like a, a no-brainer to me. Thank you, uh, City Attorney Rudin. I, I, I would actually make a motion to approve on that basis. Well, let me go ahead and maybe add my comments before we make... Oh, I apologize. <laughs> Um, and thank you everybody for weighing in and Sergio for you weighing in as well. Uh, yes, we do find ourselves, you know, on our back foot yet again, but let's, let's try to uh, turn, turn this around. I'm looking here at the notes that I took as everybody provided their comment and there are nine, nine issues here that I think we need to somehow address because I, I like, I think my colleagues completely support this project and, and do not want to hold up this applicant if we can avoid it. Um, some of these are just issues um, on upslope, downslope, you know, the, the report was incorrect. The uh, dedication, the dedicated parking, um, it's not dedicated to the project, but it's a dedicated parking space, meaning a, a, a defined parking spot on the, on the street, but that is the public street. It's not dedicated to the project. Uh, typos regarding grant, grant granting, um, the six examples of the other projects on Woodward were not included in the staff report. However, um, they are, um, I think, by association based on uh, this public hearing here. We can certainly refer to that as well as the applicant's presentation. The uh, Sutherland Fire comments, um, uh, the uh, Department of Public Works, uh, their conditions of approval, um, the calculations regarding impervious surface, uh, which also lead to the calculations of the encroachment and if those are confirmed uh, areas or not. And I would defer to Magna for that. Um, of the, yeah, the current and the new. And then the water discharge, just, just you were going to double check that, but we did look at the drawings here. Um, so, you know, for me, I, I don't know, and, and I'd want to get some ideas from, from Sergio yet again. So if, if I don't, if you don't mind my asking you to pop back on camera, um, if we sort of verbally get through some of these conditions of approval, um, can we 
are, are we in a position where we could approve the project, but put the resolutions or review them back on consent or through a one-way communication to the commission where but prior to, to any final sign-off? Is that possible or is that something we can work through your office to finalize? So if you would like to approve the project tonight, you can make whatever changes you would like to make into the record verbally as part of your motion to approve and you can change the conditions of approval. Um, and then basically it would be up to staff to, you know, revise the resolution and, and uh, you know, make sure that the resolution matches exactly what the motion uh, changed in the resolution. Um, now, if you would like to actually see the written resolution before you approve it, then, you know, the way forward would be to continue this item, direct staff to make the changes, and then, you know, obviously at the continued meeting, you would approve the resolution and it would be finalized. So, um, based on some of the issues that you raised, Chair Feller, with respect to the conditions of approval for public works, I'm not sure what those are. Uh, if staff have a list of those that they can read into the record, you know, then that might be, you know, one of the main issues that we would need to address here. Uh, because really, the approval of the project is the resolution, and the resolution needs to include the conditions of approval. Um, you know, that's that's really the key action here, uh, more than correcting, you know, typographic errors or things like that. So, you know, I'll, I'll mm -hmm. leave it to Dan uh, to comment and, you know, to staff to comment as to whether or not there are additional conditions of approval that really do need to be included in this report or not. So, um, Thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, Dan, do you have any, any items to add to that? You're, you're on mute. About that. Looking at the DPW review right now, um, the most recent one looks like it was 81922. Um, and the fire, the fire review I looked at does only talk about parking spaces, but that seems to have since. Yeah, those are their comments, but we're asking about the standard conditions of approval and the resolution. Um, uh, those are not included. And so we're just wondering where those are. Well, that's because I'm not seeing any and, and, and DPW didn't give us any, so. Um, do they give you, uh, sorry, Chair Fellow, do they give you comments each time or do you just take their standard? The, how well, has this process worked in the past? Because this is the first time that they're gone. Was this different than the last three or four projects you worked on? Not that I know of. So maybe they thought you were using those standard conditions because you always had. I mean, that question hasn't been asked. I mean, I, I, I feel bad that this project, yet again, we're behind the eight ball here, but but we, you know, we're one kind we just wrote them in by cutting and pasting them on the dais here. But this was a question that should have been asked. And why you didn't ask them, do you want standard conditions? Do you not want, we don't have an answer to that. I don't really want to set a precedent here of, 
of, well, we just want to get it to go through tonight. So, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're, we'll, we'll rush it through because we, you know, we, we all agree we can make the findings, but we were assuming that there were conditions that would have been put on. And we don't know from public works and fire that they don't want them or they do want them. Or I, I also want to make a point, uh, excuse my chair fellow, right? If, if the fire comes up with something that changes something we approve, then the applicant comes back in for changes to approved projects. And we're trying to avoid that. That's why we'd like to ask the question in the beginning and have those answers so that we put it to bed so that we're not going to be here two months from now approving changes to an approved project because fire asked for something that did a minor change. And that's why we want to be sure that we know what the answers are. I would like to get this done tonight, but we're yet again trying to write conditions from the dais, which we really need to avoid. I mean, I just, anyways, thank you, Chair Fellow. Sorry for the interruption. No, no. Not, not at all. Um, I think you're, you're um, the, the mouthpiece of all of us on this. So thank you for taking the lead on that. I, I'd like to uh, go back to maybe um, Vice Chair Junius who, who made a motion here to approve it, but can I pile on here, uh, Vice Chair Junius, to say that, um, that the resolutions or conditions of approval have to include um, Southern Fire, um, DPW standard conditions of approval, um, uh, I'd like to, um, include, uh, that the, the calculations on the encroachment, um, of the existing being 832 square feet and the new being, uh, 615 square feet for a total of 1,447 square feet. I mean, th th you know, we look back at this stuff 10 years from now, we have to make sure that this is, you know, complete and comprehensive, not just for, for CDD or the planning commission, but for the, for the applicant, for the owner, we have to make sure that uh, these things all add up and that uh, the city council signs off on, on something specific, not sort of theoretical. So I'd like to add those things in there and that um, I would like to add that any, any changes to the proposed uh, design that any changes come back to the planning commission and are not handled ministerially, uh, if everyone's in agreement with that. So I, uh, I, I guess I'm comfortable if, if, that, if the city attorney believes that's specific enough. Um, yep, yeah, I'd, I'd be all right with all that. Yeah, I mean, if we can read what the standard conditions of approval are that we are adding uh, into the record, um, I, Dan, do you know what those are that you would be adding to the resolution at this point in time? No. Okay, well, then in that case, I think we probably need to continue the item in order to revise the resolution to add whatever conditions of approval we need to add. I mean, uh, can I ask you, you know, while we're going down the rabbit hole here on conditions of approval. I'd be curious the city attorney's opinion or uh, the city attorney's comment on the idea that uh, most of these conditions actually, they arise from existing municipal code. Is that correct or is that incorrect? I, I would say that a substantial number of them do, yes. Right, um, and so, so in a lot of respects, what we're really doing here is we're repeating what the, what the applicant's already required to do through different, you know, permits that they're going to get via DPW and sign offs and whatnot. So 
I, I've always not, felt not that some all, of this is a bit redundant. Not in all cases, though, particularly with Southern Rim and Fire, it has to deal with a lot of different things that are beyond just municipal code. It could be their approved, you know, planting um, species or the naughty list of plants. I mean, it, it could include other other things. I hear you, but in this case, for example, if we're really worried about Department of Public Works, I would be surprised if most, if not all, of the conditions. <laughs> the standard conditions are actually arise directly from requirements in Sausalito's municipal code. Um, so, I, I think some of them might be related to this drainage issue, though, and that's the one I'm really concerned about. Is if they have any questions about how things to do or don't tie in, or how the runoff works, since we don't know. I mean, if we knew, I you know, I'm just frustrated because if we we had had a report from Public Works said. We really don't want to put these conditions in. We don't really need these standard conditions. I agree with you, Commissioner Junius, that we should reduce the number of standard conditions that are redundant of anything that is in already the code. I agree that we should do that, but I don't want to arbitrarily uh, take out something that they would have wanted with regard to how this drainage works or some connection and that causes some problem down the line because we don't have the answer because you know, the staff didn't follow up with public works and get a question. Do you want conditions in here? Or are you okay with no conditions in here? I mean, I don't understand why it wasn't asked, but it hasn't been asked. And so we're out of where we are. That's my issue. So, so it sounds like based on Sergio's input here, and thank you for that, Sergio, that uh, because we cannot read specifically into the record what those conditions of approval are, um, that uh, because some of those conditions of approval have to do with sort of the future work of the construction documents that we haven't even seen yet. So they are important to be in there. Um, so I, it sounds to me that you, you are leaning towards continuing this item until such time as the community development department can actually prepare the proper resolution that includes the, the standard conditions of approval from other authorities having jurisdiction here. Is that correct? Yes, um, I would say that at least the issue that causes me concern is the DPW issue. And it, it seems like we are not certain whether or not DPW has additional conditions to add with respect to the drainage issues. Uh, if that is the case, and I don't know whether that is the case, but it sounds like it may be the case, um, you know, then we may need to actually add conditions related to that. Now, obviously, there's an opportunity to add additional requirements, you know, and verify compliance with things like, you know, um, plumbing codes, um, you know, the, like, um, you know, at the building permit stage, there's a lot of opportunities to verify compliance with, you know, municipal codes, other requirements, et cetera. Um, so if it's, issues related to that that can be verified at the building permit stage, then we don't need to add conditions of approval. And Dan, I just don't know if this is touching on those sorts of issues or if it's touching on things like compliance with public works standard details for construction in the right of way. Um, you know, like what that comes afterwards. Okay, I, I think maybe to close this item out to not belabor it here it, it sounds like we're getting advice that we should continue, continue this until such time as we can be specific with what those resolutions are 
um, and certainly, um, you know, uh, what what we have is not what our standard uh, conditions of approval are. So let's, um, I'll make a motion to continue this. Actually, item. there's a motion on the floor that didn't get seconded, which I will withdraw. <laughs> I will withdraw my motion Thank you. for approval. Thank you. Um, and I'll make a motion to continue to a date certain where we can get this resolved. Thank you, Vice Chair. Do I have a second for that for Vice Chair Junius? Okay, thank I'll you. Second. Okay. Could you uh, uh, take a roll call, Dan? Before we take the roll, I, I would encourage staff to immediately talk. It's obvious, but I want to say it anyways. Talk to Public Works, talk to Marine Fire, and, and follow up with whatever they sent before and get those out. I'd also, whatever date certain that we, if we, we're going to talk about a date certain, I want to see the final conditions and the final package posted 10 days before a meeting. And I'd, yeah, like, to amend, amend, yeah, I'd like, like to amend the motion uh, to to add that provision. And pick a date certain. So what, what are we looking at in terms of dates? Do we need a month? Do we need two weeks? Is October 5th possible? Not at this time. Not if we need it 10 days before. Okay, let's let's go for I would I would move to uh, continue right. to October 19th, um, our second meeting in October, and uh, add the, the condition that requested Commissioner Luxembourg uh, made regarding the availability of the staff report at least 10 days in advance of the 19th. Do I have a second? It was seconded by Commissioner Graff. Uh, Would you like to re-second Commissioner Graff? I, yeah. yeah, sure. Uh, a little reluctantly, but yes. Let's, okay. get, let's get it done. Let's get it. Okay, this is the date certain of October yes. 19th. Okay, Dan, could you please take the roll call? Yes. Commissioner uh, Graff? Yes. Commissioner Luxembourg? Yes. Vice Chair Junius? Yes. Chair Feller? Yes. Motion carries. And apologies to the applicants um, for this hiccup. Okay, let's go ahead and move on to item 6B this evening, which is 265 Gate 5 Road. Dan, over to you or Cecilia. I'll invite both of you to represent this. Okay, uh, item 6B, 265 Gate 5 Road, design review permit. Um, to demolish a one-story commercial art studio, site block walls and decks, and construction and construct a combination one and two level structure with roof decks. Cecilia Jarolowski, contract planner, will present. Good evening, Commissioner. Cecilia Jarolowski, contract planner. With your permission, I would like to share my screen. Good to see you, Cecilia. Thank you for being here this evening. Oh, absolutely. Now, let me just see about sharing my screen. <laughs> okay, I'm not having any luck. Okay, Zoom, Zoom team, have we provided Cecilia uh, the ability to share her screen? If we could co-host Cecilia so she has full capability, please. There we go. Okay, let's see. Okay. Are you seeing my PowerPoint? We can see your PowerPoint, yes. Great, there we thank go. you. 
So the project before you is at 265 Gate 5 Road. It is a zoned industrial marine ship located approximately 2,000 feet east of Highway 101 and three miles north of the Golden Gate Bridge. Uses in the area include residential, houseboats, industrial, commercial, and retail. The project site is triangular level, contains approximately 31,010 square feet with an average lot width of 103 feet. This is the view of the project area on Gate 5 Road facing north and from the Gate 5 Road and Barda Landing intersection facing east. The project was reviewed by the Historic Preservation Commission and determined that the subject property does not satisfy any of the qualifying criteria for historic resource. The site contains several small artist studio spaces all on a gravel floor. The project includes the demolition of a one level 4,598 square foot structure, removal of the existing containers and sheds. The project includes the installation of a five foot wide sidewalk on gate five road along and extending the front property line. The vehicular access is from Gate 5 Road and would contain 20 standard parking spaces, two of which would be handicap accessible. The parking area would be approximately 56 feet wide at the entry area and widened to approximately 80 feet wide and limited to the eastern portion of the subject property adjacent to buildings A and B. The pedestrian main entrance would be located between buildings A and B via access stairs that would be nine feet wide and contain four steps. There would be an additional pedestrian site access from Varda Landing Road at the rear of the site. The project will also include interior open space courtyard area. The project would meet all setback requirements for the district. A new transformer is required by PG&E to upgrade the existing utility and would be seven feet six inches by eight feet 10 inches and installed at the southwest corner of the project site to be connected via an underground line to the existing vacant utility pole at the southeast corner of the project site. Construction staging would be located within the northeastern corner of the project site. Building A would contain a vestibule to a men's and women's bathroom and one large artist studio, approximately 1,000 square feet. A fire control room would be located at the northeast corner of the structure and an exterior stair to the second level is also located at this corner of the structure. The top level would contain a roof deck. Building B would be a square structure containing approximately 1,000 square feet also for an artist space. Building C would contain two artist studio spaces, one 318 square feet and one 75 square feet. Building D would contain a 1,783 square foot artist studio space and smaller rooms for an elevator and electric room. The second level of the project would connect all four buildings, have a rectangular shape 157 feet wide by 48 feet 7 inches deep. This level would include two handicapped accessible bathrooms, 10 artist spaces, and a 167 square foot space open to the patio below. The height of the second level of the project would be 32 feet, which is the allowable height for this district. 
The roof line of the second level would include three areas open to the ground level. The total FAR of the structures would be under 10,000 square feet. The top level would contain a roof deck on building A, totaling 1,179 square feet. This portion of building A would total 20 feet, four inches in height. Adjacent to, to building D, a smaller roof deck at the one-story elevation, building D would contain a 1,284 square foot roof deck accessible from stairs and an elevator along the east wall of this structure. Landscaping includes the installation of eight trees, three rain gardens, landscape planting zones that surround the property and a variety of hardscape areas. The slide demonstrates the elevation from the front of the structure along Gate 5 Road and the rear along Barta Landing Road. Shown on the site plan, vehicle access is from the south. This section is located along the front of the structure. The maximum height of the project is 32 feet at the second level and approximately 20 feet at the first level and includes a pass-through area on the ground floor and roof decks. The applicant submitted a story pole plan with the location and height of each story pole. Please note, however, the heights on the plan are above sea level. The site is approximately six feet above sea level and the project would not exceed 32 feet above the grade of the site, which is the maximum allowable height for the district. This slide demonstrates the two level story pole as seen from a distance from gate five road and along the project frontage, both facing west. Story poles shown are of the one-story structure and the two-story structure as seen from Gate 5 Road, the front of the project. The applicant submitted a material board similar to the project located at 52 Varda Landing. And based on Planning Commission comments on that project, the applicant will be modifying the colors to address commission concerns raised for that project. The applicant will probably speak about this during his presentation. This slide demonstrates renderings of the project from the intersection of Gate 5 Road and Varda Landing Road and from Gate 5 Road facing west. The owners and designers of the project held semi-regular tours, one-on-one -on -one in group, as well as community dinners with the tenants of Marin Ship Studios, Varda Landing residents, and neighbors in the Marin Ship. Since the finalization of the staff report, staff has received 12 letters in support of the project and two citing concerns. Several concerns about the project received from the resident at 655 Olima Street, including the possible loss of approximately one third of the private view from the residents and stating the project does not preserve the character of the area or incorporate site considerations. project is a contemporary industrial style design, which would preserve the industrial character and use of the area. The site is zoned industrial and the area contains several two level structures on gate five road. Examples located at 150, 200 and on the 300 block of gate five road shown here 
Uh, the project has been reviewed by the Sea Level Rise Task Force, who requested a five-step submittal, but also acknowledged that nearly all of the information requested has already been developed by the applicant. I believe the Sea Level Rise Task Force letter and emails have been submitted to the Commission for your review. The project would not exceed the maximum allowable height. The project has been designed to address drainage, reviewed by city agencies, and would include the installation of a new sidewalk along Gate 5 Road. Although 655 Olima Street is located approximately 2,000 feet southwest of the subject property, the project does minimize any view obstruction from neighboring sites. The Marin Specific Plan map cites the project parcel as 9F which is not listed as a view corridor parcel and shows the view corridor from the intersection of Gate 5 Road and Varda Landing Road, as well as from Coloma Street. The specific plan also states that structures and landscaping from Coloma Street right of way between Gate 5 Road and the shoreline could obstruct views of the shoreline. But the plan also states that given the sight line distances and topography, no shoreline view is likely down the street. The project complies with the view corridor requirements of the specific plan by clustering structures on the lot, optimizing open space areas and placing on-site parking alongside buildings instead of in front of buildings. Although the specific plan prefers zero setbacks along streets and property lines, the project would be set back several feet from all property lines. The view corridor from Coloma Street runs through the proposed on-site parking area, which would not contain any structures or large trees. This slide shows a rendering looking down Coloma Street into the bay. The project as proposed requires the approval of design review permit and compliance with CEQA and would meet design review findings required for permit approval. A letter submitted by Mr. Yates is concerned this project does not qualify for an exemption. However, the project is exempt under CEQA section 15303 new construction. Alternatively, since the project site is under five acres, the project would also be exempt under class 32 which is characterized as infill development. Other facts of finding under this classification include that the project is consistent with uh, the general plan designation, that it's located in an urban environment, that it has all of the utilities necessary for the proposal. The project is consistent with the general plan land use policies including the land use and growth management, community design, health and safety, climate change mitigation, and economic element. The project is consistent with the specific plan policies, including maintaining the industrial and artist character of the area, providing individual activities within the project, and encouraging public access and use. The specific plan allows for industrial, marine, and fine arts as a principal use as proposed in the project. Staff recommends the commission approve the design review permit with conditions of approval. The commission may also continue the project and recommend project modifications or deny the project. Thank you, commissioners. That concludes my presentations. If I may, commissioners, to address 
the two residents' concerns, the applicant would like to request the commission um, allow for some additional time for them to present as well. Thank you. Thank you, Cecilia. Thank you so much. Um, just as a quick point of privilege, uh, based on one of the slides you had regarding public comment, I, I had only counted uh, 13 letters. Um, uh, let me read them off. Uh, uh, and if I mispronounce anyone's name, please, please forgive me. Uh, Chang, Ellingson, Khan, Nado, Nemo, Seton, Gilbert, Rogan, Weschler, Amat, Marilise, Yates, and DeRay. Uh, what, what are we missing here? Because that's only 13. And you said there were 12 letters in support and two that did not support. So um, that is correct, Commissioner. I could go down my list if that would be helpful. I want to make sure, because we've got a lot of late comments, I want to make sure that the written public comment that it's on the record and those comments are registered e equally to any verbal comments that we get, uh, just like we do in any other uh, application. Uh, absolutely. Would you like me to read off the names? Please. Um, okay, I'm just going to go down the list first. Um, residents in support, Amat, Sarah, Chiang, Dyer, Ellingson, Gilbert, Khan, Merlis, Nadu, Rogan, Seton, and Weschler. And the two residents that cited their concerns are Stacy Nemo and Ed Yasser. Ed Yasser, you said. Yasser? Yes, Mr. Ed Yasser, yes. All right, thank you, thank you just for, for clarifying that quick and, and thank you commissioners for allowing me the point of privilege. Okay, uh, Cecilia, thank you for the presentation uh, staff report and working with this applicant. Um, this would be the time for commissioners to ask any clarifying questions of staff. Um, Commissioner Saad, would you like to start us off on this applicant? Sure. Um, Thank you, um, Cecilia. Thank you for the presentation and the report. You had a slide because I was going to ask, based on how it was written, there were a lot of heights, but you had one slide in your presentation that showed like the full height. I think it was up to 32 feet, but could you go back there? I just want to clarify, um, not by building individual, but what the overall structure, um, the height is proposed. Uh, absolutely, Commissioner, let me get that. Sure, thank you. I think that was the one. Okay, so when the, so the entire structure for the two story is that 32 feet. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. Thank you. Um, I appreciate the breakdown by building, but that's a good visual. Um, I was also wondering, and, and maybe it's just how I'm reading it. So if we can clarify the sea level rise task force, there was that communication between the applicant and um, 
and the team. But the last attachment, I think nine, was a response for 52 Varda Landing Road. And it does seem that I see the five-step plan. Is that intended? Because it's not mentioning this project's address. So, Commissioner, it's it's my understanding that when the sea level rise task force group went out to the site, they actually reviewed all three sites. Um, and I can certainly, the applicant can certainly speak to more detail about that. But they reviewed all three sites at the same time. That's my understanding. Okay. And then the last um, communication was a response from the applicant's team for that five-step plan. Is that what you had said? Uh, correct. Okay. Great. Um, and then I also had a question on, on page three of the staff report. And this is in regards to, I believe, the ingress and egress. Let me just jump over um, to page three. It had mentioned, I think, 24 feet based on for the ingress and egress. Sorry, let me just find my own notes here. Um, so under the under the image, under figure two on page three of the staff report, I'm reading uh, to accommodate adequate emergency egress and ingress, the proposed driveway would have a minimum width of 24 feet. But in the resolution, and I believe it's number 10, which is on page six, it mentions to it, it says the exact same line, but it has a different number. So resolution proposed entrances, exits, internal circulation. Um, it says to accommodate adequate emergency egress and ingress, the proposed driveway would have a minif minimum width of 20 feet, three inches. Um, do you know which one, and it might be on the plans, but do we know which minimum width for the ingress and the egress is correct? Oh, we do. And I can pull up the plans if you would like to take a look at those. That would be great. Um, and if it's not what's in the resolution, um, we might want to note that for a correction. Can you see the plans, Commissioner? I can. <laughs> I can. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> it's like an ant's prayer, but yes. This is also something that the applicant might be better to speak to as well. Sure. Yes, I can see. Yeah, I can see clearly now. Thank you. This is taking me forever. I apologize. No worries. And I'm, I don't want to hold us up if you want to search while well, maybe somebody else asks questions, but it's just um, a point of clarification, especially since it's in the resolution. Yeah. Let's go ahead and get this clarified. Sure. Um, or uh, Commissioner Sod, if you have any additional questions. Um, sure. I... I have one more 
kind of a specific question and it can also ask the applicant, but because it's in the report, I believe it's page two, um, it mentions that the building will include studio spaces of various sizes, including large sculpture artists and artisan boat builders. And I was just wondering if you got that directly from the applicant. Yes, In, I did. Okay. Okay, thank you. Um, Chair Feller, um, I think those were all that I had at the moment for staff. I apologize, Commissioner. I can't I can't locate the actual detail of the width. I know that it's on here because I did take it from here. So I would have to defer to the applicant just to ensure that we have the right number on there. Okay. Thank you, Commissioner Saad and, and Cecilia. Thank you. Let's go ahead and stop screen share. If you want to keep looking uh, um, on your computer, that's fine. But, but let's go ahead. Um, Commissioner Luxembourg, um, do you have any questions for staff? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, some of these are um, continuing on Commissioner Saad's inconsistencies with uh, with the the staff report and the drawings. Uh, starting with parking, uh, the staff report indicates that there are 20 parking spaces. 20 parking spaces is required. However, the site plan, which is the primary plan for the site, has 19 spaces. That's plan A 1.01 and uh, also A 1.21 also shows an incorrect parking layout. So can you get them to revise the plans so that they're all consistent with the 20, I guess the, the, the 20 spaces come later. How come some show 19 and some show 20? No, 20 spaces are required and they will have 20 spaces. Okay, but they shouldn't, shouldn't they, all the drawings show 20 though? Shouldn't they correct all the drawings? Yeah, we can do that. Okay. And um, uh, as talked about at length on 52 Varda Landing, uh, the zoning ordinance does not allow for gravel parking lots. Uh, sheet um, C100 indicates crust aggregate permeable pavement per B slash C 401. I don't know what that is, but then sheet L 1.01 indicates that the parking is gravel and we were very clear on 52 Varda landing that we wouldn't allow that. So why are they showing gravel here? Uh, Commissioner um, Luxembourg, the applicant will definitely modify the landscape plan. We did talk about it before the hearing. So they're fully aware of what the commission would like to see on 52 Varda landing and they're going to do the same with this project. Okay, so that would be good. Uh, and then, uh, if you if you could bring up the your, the first rendering you show you uh, you show. Uh, that one, yes. Could you zoom in on the one on the right a little bit? I'm sorry, say again, Commissioner? Can you, can you zoom in a little bit on the one on the right? Um, no, I don't think no. I can. Okay, so if you, where your point cursor was a second ago, on the right, uh, the right edge of the building, right about there, a little bit off, there's a wall, which I'm real confused about because the, there's a parking space, that 20th space occurs under the overhang, and there's this big wall there. So I don't understand. Do you know what that wall is? 
Um, I, this is an artist rendering, so I would defer to the applicant to explain the rendering itself. Okay, because that I don't understand how that wall can be there in the parking space that we're talking about. Uh, just a correction for your staff report. You refer on page nine to an IH zone. I'm not sure. Do you mean the I zone? I don't know what IH is. Uh, it probably was a typo. It's industrial marine ship, so it should be IM. IM, okay. I didn't know what the H was for. My and then uh, to similar to Commissioner Saad's comments, the way I read the, the Sausalito Sea Level Rise Task Force response was only for 52 Varda Landing. It was not for this project. And also it says that they needed to do the five-step plan, and I assume they would use the five step plan for this as well. Do you know if they've prepared the five-step plan? It's my understanding that they have done a substantial amount of work already um, requested by the Sea Level Rise Task Force group, uh, but I would defer to them since they have had direct communication with them and I have not. Okay. Uh, and then on the CEQA thing, I, uh, I you did not have a CEQA section in the original. I know I noted that you have that in the presentation and I noted an hour before you submitted so, uh, a new report to us. But uh, if I understand this correctly, this is a uh, industrial site and the artists go along with that industrial, that's part of what the marine ship is, is supposed to be. So that makes sense to me, but I don't understand what uh, how 15303A, which only applies to the way it was cited to commercial buildings, which this can't be because it's industrial, uh, how that would apply. So my question, and I, maybe it's a question for Sergio, is what is parcel 32 and why is this any different than 70 to 74 Liberty Ship Way? I mean, it seems it's an industrial site. Uh, it, it seems like uh, why is there an exemption for this and not Liberty Ship Way? This is my question. Maybe that's Sergio, or can you come up? Um, I'm not going to get into 70 Liberty Ship Way um, in terms of my response to this, um, just because I don't have the ISMND for that project in front of me. Um, I'm trying to pull up. Uh, the supplemental memo that staff prepared, um, which I do think actually does explain why the 15303 exemption applies. First of all, with respect to categorical exemptions, typically they apply to uh, what is specified in the categorical exemption, but 15303, just like the rest of them, say that those are a non-exclusive list. Um, so a categorical exemption can be applied um, at, you know, for small structures and small structures in the exemption are defined relatively broadly. Um, as long as you are, you know, basically projects that are similar in kind to those that are listed uh, in the exemption. So staff are analyzing this as a project that is similar in kind to those that are listed in 15303C. I'm just going to bring up 15303 as the exemption and just give you guys a sense of this. Um, so 15303 says class three constricts, uh, consists of construction of a location of limited numbers of new small facilities or structures. 
um, installation of small new equipment and facilities and small structures and the conversion of existing small structures from one use to another where only moder minor modifications are made in the exterior of the structures. The number of the structures described in this section are the maximum allowable on any legal parcel. So that is key right there. And then it says examples of this exemption include but are not limited to. Uh, and staff are basically analyzing this exemption uh, under C um, or at least akin to C. Uh, a store, motel, office, restaurant, or similar structure not involving the use of significant amounts of hazardous substances and not exceeding 2,500 square feet in floor area. And this goes on to state, in urbanized areas, the exemption also applies to four such commercial buildings not exceeding 10,000 square feet in floor area on sites zoned for such use, if not involving the use of significant amounts of hazardous substances where all necessarily public services and facilities are available in the surrounding areas, not environmentally sensitive. So that's the, the language of the exception. If that you know, let me ask you this, because uh, uh, I'm uh, I'm relatively new to Sausalito. I've been here for five years, but I read the the Marin Ship Ordinance and at length, and the General Plan at length. But the way I understand the Marin Ship specific plan is office use, retail use are no longer allowed. Uh, allow, uh, uh, more are not allowed to be added. Yeah, but industrial use is fine, which I believe this is. It's an industrial zone, and I have no issue with artists in an industrial zone. But if that's the case, then it's not a commercial building. It's an industrial building. Am I misunderstanding something? Yeah, you know, I think with respect to, um, first of all, I mean, the project as analyzed does fit into the infill development categorical exemption. So, you know, to the extent that the city doesn't want to rely on 15303, it doesn't have to. But additionally, you know, the definition of what a commercial building is in this particular CEQA exemption, um, you know, it doesn't necessarily track with how we define what a commercial use is in our zoning code. Um, the court cases that have been interpreted what a commercial building necessarily is don't necessarily tie to uh, what the land uses are under the zoning code. And at the end of the day, you know, an artist studio is likely to be a similar structure um, for purposes of invoking this location as any other sort of commercial use. Um, also, I don't think that um, if you look at the Marinship specific plan and how it defines what the artist uses that are allowed. Um, let me see if I can pull up the Marinship specific plan. Um, in our appendices, we have the definitions of what we consider an industrial use and what our art uses and what our um, so applied arts is considered an industrial use under our code. And it says the following is a partial list of potential uses that would be consistent with the intent. Architects, building designers, commercial photographers, computer software and hardware designers, graphic design, including production, home decorators, industrial designers, interior designers, landscape architects, designers. So, you know, to the extent that this project is going to end up having those types of uses, 
uh, I would suggest that it is substantially similar to the kind of uses that would occur in a commercial building. And I think key here to the invocation of this exception is that it doesn't involve significant amounts of hazardous substances. I think that is the key and why staff can feel that they can rely on this particular exception. Yeah, I don't know. This one seems iffy. I, I wish we had had more time an hour before this meeting to talk about it to get parcel 32 because I have not had a chance to analyze or understand what that means. But you're saying you feel that the, because I can't see 15303, but you're saying you can see parcel 32 or whatever it's called, part 32? I, I think that that staff um, can rely on the 15303 exception. Uh, however, I think that the 15332 exception more clearly applies. And so I definitely think that if the commission is going to approve the project, it should uh, approve it on the basis, uh, or, you know, invoke a categorical exception. I think it should invoke both of them. I see. Okay. Uh, thank you for that uh, answer to that question. That's helpful. Uh, the last questions I have, um, uh, I note on page nine of the conditions, you have uh, public work should be uh, 17, not 12, because you repeat a set of numbers in your conditions for some reason, you, which Sorry, is confusing. Commissioner, would, would you please repeat that? Okay, so in the uh, uh, proposed conditions, if we get that far, uh, uh, there's no, a number 12 for public works, but there's also a number 12, 13 for, I think it's community development. So that should be 17. You're sort of repeating a bunch of numbers there. I can um, that. And then can you, can you let me know what the difference between condition 10 and condition 21 is? Condition 10, uh, uh, 10 is more comprehensive. So shouldn't we, uh, eliminate condition number 21. I agree with you, Commissioner, and I defer to the city attorney on whether we should eliminate one of those. And give me a second uh, just to pull up the conditions of approval. draft resolution. So we're looking at conditions 10 and conditions 21. 21. 10 was more comprehensive. And then 21. Yeah, I, I think 21 is duplicative and I would suggest removing it. Okay, thank you. Um, and my last comment, uh, uh, Cecilia, in your presentation, you clearly noted on the assessor's plan what the project site is in red. You, you showed where the parcel is in that plan. Are you referring to the marine ship specific plan map? No, no, no. I'm referring to the parcel that's the involved parcel, in this project. Parcel map? Yes. That, that you, you put it nice uh, red and said project site. Can you also update your report and do that? Because it took a while to try to figure out what was the parcel because you just sort of copied what the the parcel map was, but it wasn't clear, but it was very clear in your presentation. 
So, so Commissioner, we, what, what would you like inserted into the staff report, the assessor's parcel map? No, so you, you have it in there as attachment uh, two. So you've attached it as attachment two. But, okay. you, but unlike what you've done in the presentation where you put a red line around it, made it clear, it was not clear in the in the in the report. So it took a while to try to figure that out. Okay, understood. I can do that. Thank you. Uh Chair Fowler, those are my questions at this time. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Luxembourg. I appreciate it. Uh Commissioner Graf. Um <clears throat> no questions for staff other than thank you for the presentation. It was very good. Um, most of my questions and concerns, I think, uh, would be um, better served by going directly to the applicant. So no Thank questions you. for Cecilia. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Vice Chair Genius. Thank you, Chair Feller. And I, I want to thank um, uh, City Attorney Rudin for uh, an excellent CEQA discussion. I thought those were interesting questions. I, I never really thought about that, but, you know, there is no direct connection between, you know, local zoning ordinances and the California Environmental Quality Act. They're obviously very closely related and then they work together quite a bit, but I, I, I understand your, you know, the questions that you were asking Commissioner Luxembourg, but um, no question in my opinion that, that either of those and both um, the class two and the class 32 exemptions absolutely apply here. So I'm, I'm not at all concerned about that. And I look forward to the presentation from the, the sponsor. Great, thank you, Vice Chair Genius. Um, let's see, uh, Cecilia, I just had a couple uh, questions uh, for you. Um, first of all, uh, you had mentioned, and, and the applicant can obviously uh, comment on this in their presentation or afterwards if they'd like to, but that they've built up the site a little bit due to issues regarding uh, subsidence and sea level rise. Is that correct? Um, no, the site is naturally um, approximately six feet above sea level. So I, I'm not quite sure what your question is. I don't believe that they have modified the site. The building will have a higher finished floor elevation due to sea level rise, but I would defer to them on that question. Okay. And with a higher finished floor level, I'm assuming that you have reviewed any kind of accessibility issues. Are there ramps uh, and accessible paths of travel into the building? Uh, yes, there are. Okay, uh, good. And then the new transformer, is that just a transformer for this particular project? It doesn't serve additional buildings or projects? I would also defer to the applicant on that. They've been working directly with PG&E. Okay. Um, and then just for clarification, I just want to make sure that this is on, on the record that that you have applied the Marinship specific plan uh, to, to this project because it, it was uh, submitted before the Marinship specific plan was incorporated into the general plan update. Yes, the analysis was working with the Marinship specific plan and the maps in the presentation are actually from the specific plan. Excellent, thank you. Um, and I guess, yeah, I just want to sort of agree and echo a little bit what some of these other questions were. 
regarding the sea level rise or the task force, my, my understanding is that whatever we received, it was not specific to this project. It was only specific to 52 Varda Landing, which was one of their conditions of approval um, that, that, that that work be done with the sea level rise task force. Whether or not the task force has looked or spoken to other people that, you know, regarding other projects, that's great. But I'm still not seeing anything related to this particular project unless I'm you think I'm missing something. Uh, it's my understanding that they did review all three projects, but I will defer to them again. Okay. Uh, are they uh, attending this evening? Or the applicants are here as well as their engineers, yes. Okay. No, okay. All right. So but not, not the task force. Okay. Um, and I just, again, just for clarification, it sounds like what has been submitted regarding the finishes and regarding, um, you know, both the, the materials for the building, but also the drive um, are not what is really being proposed this evening. Is that fair, fair to say, or again, am I? The, um, the material board was submitted prior to the 52 Varda landing comments that the commission made. So the applicants wanted to be sure that they took all of your comments into consideration and whatever whatever modifications you'd like to see in terms of painting or coloring and materials. Uh, just as with 52 Varda Landing Road, they're um, open to taking a look at and modifying. Okay. Um, yeah, Chair Keller, can I follow up with that? If they knew they yeah. were going to change it, why didn't you go back and ask them before we have a public hearing, which says if we can't resolve these or we don't have the right conditions, we're going to have to continue this. Why wouldn't they come in and tell you before our hearing, can we modify our plans based on what we know we're going to be asked from 52 Varda Landing? I'm really confused on that. Well, I think that this was before they were able to work with the task force for 52 Varda Landing Road. So they were probably needing to talk to whoever was going to work with them on that project. That didn't you know, change I the mean, parking lot. Yeah, I mean, you know, Commissioner Luxembourg brings up a good point. It's, it's the exact uh, follow-up question I was going to ask. I, I agree. I mean, if I mean, if you knew that these finishes, I mean, there's been plenty of time between 52 and this, so I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. I mean, we've been getting comments up until an hour before this actual hearing, so I'm, I'm perplexed uh, by that um, because I don't want to waste an applicant's time, but I certainly don't want to waste the commission's or the public's time either if we know, if we know something is wrong uh, before we walk into the hearing. So let's, let's just remember that for the next time. Um, Okay, I don't think right now I have any additional questions. Um, I, I want to hear more from, from the applicant, but Cecilia, thank you uh, for the presentation again. Uh, Commissioner, you. just by a show of hands, do you have any follow-up questions before we hear from the applicant or, uh, or not? Okay, let's go ahead and ask the applicant um, to go ahead and make their presentation on this project this evening. Um, I'm not sure who is making that presentation um, this evening. Is is that you, Mr. Innens? Are you going to lead the presentation? Okay, Zoom team, if we can make sure um, that uh, Mr. Innens has um, the ability to share his screen, to unmute himself and, and controls, so let's co-host him. And is there anybody else on your team that you that we need to do the same? 
Okay, I'm going to ask you to unmute there. Zoom, there we go. Yes, thank you. Um, so I will be presenting, but Max Hausiger, our client, will be speaking first, as will Takashi Unai, who's also from EYRC Architects. Excellent. Um, okay, so Zoom team, let's make sure everybody is uh, can can uh, control their functions. And I think you've been through this before, so you have 15 minutes to make the presentation. Anytime you want to save for later, you're welcome to do so. And I I hand the floor over to you, Mr. Nins. Okay, so I'm going to start us off, uh, like Matt said. Um, can everyone hear okay? Yes, thank you. Okay, great. So you may know me from the VARTA application. I grew up in Northern Marin and moved to VARTA Landing after college just five years ago. Um, my family started the before VARTA Landing. The very first thing um, we found was 265 Gate 5 Road, which we purchased because we're huge fans of the Marin ship. We love the history and the culture. Um, and when we found out about the Marin Ship specific plan, we became even more interested because we just want to support the arts community. And so we thought that's great that there's a plan that, uh, that there's specific requirements in place to do that. Um, furthermore, we love Gate 5 Road because it has iconic institutions like Heath and the ICB building and many interesting and also famous practicing artists and makers that are still highly active today. Um, when we got to Gate 5 Road, the lot was written with issues like various unpermitted, dangerous uh, work that we inherited with a lot, which we fixed to the extent that we could. Um, but most importantly, it flooded very frequently. Um, and so we knew that we should make the most out of, out of the space uh, in creative but temporary ways in order to support the arts community as, as soon as possible. Um, but the facilities still lack in many ways and we still have floods from time to time, which obviously does not help anyone. Um, and so, yeah, with this uh, proposed new building, we know it's ambitious and that the process to get it approved and get it built is, is long and arduous, but uh, we feel like we've spent a lot of time listening to the community's needs, researching, working with the city, um, and we think it will be a huge improvement to Red Ship Studios, which is what we're calling it. Um, and we also feel like it's consistent with the marineship specific plan and is, can set a great example on for the community and how to, how to support the creative community, but also the greater community in the marineship. Thank you. Uh, I'll go next. I'm uh, Takashi and I'm a partner at EYRC Architects. Um, uh, we've been working with Max and Marcel on this project for about five years. Uh, we've been very inspired by Max's vision and Marcel's vision and also learning about the community, which we have been familiar with. We've been working in the Marin area. Our first project maybe is about 15 years ago now. Uh, We're big fans of uh, the culture of Marinship, and um, we're hoping or we believe that very deliberately by learning about the community and working with Max and Marcel that we are proposing a building that would support the community and also address the very real concern about uh, climate change and sea level rise. Uh, so I don't want to take too much more time of our time, but thank you, Chair Feller and the other commissioners for your time. And I'll hand it over to Matt.
Uh, Zoom team, can we please co stop the clock and co-host Matt Innins, please? There we go. Great, sorry, thank you. I was okay. muted there as well. Um, thank you, Sakashi and Max for the introduction. Um, I know that Cecilia had mentioned it as well, but if, if there's any chance that we could get more time, I think by the time I talk and our engineer talks about sea level rise, we may run over the 15 minutes, um, but I'll just get right into it. Um, our proposal is for 265 Gate 5 Road. Um, the lot itself is triangularly shaped along Gate 5 Road uh, in the Marin Ship, as Cecilia already covered. Um, as many of you already know, the you know site history is that it was initially a large tidal flat um, that was then filled in for the marine ship shipbuilding uh, during World War II, um, and then after it was vacated by the Navy, um, artists and creatives moved in and are really still there today. And it really defines you know what makes Salcedo special and what makes this site special, and is really our intent to support and further that community. Um, looking at the existing site, there is one leftover building from the Marin ship um, era, this small one-story warehouse, which has been remodeled and subdivided throughout the years um, and is now used by artists in Marin ship studios. Um, the site currently hosts 20 artists um, through that warehouse and through the shipping containers um, at each edge of the site. Um, you can see that warehouse and the shipping containers here. Um, the site currently is mostly flat, um, pretty much entirely gravel and used for both parking and outdoor workspace for the artists. Um, looking at the art studio building here, you see that uh, existing leftover warehouse that's been kind of remodeled and chopped up through the years. Um, here's the other view of it. Here are the shipping containers and outdoor space that our client has um, improved since purchasing the land. Um, and then here's a quick view of the street facade as Coloma hits 265 Gate 5 Road. Um, you can note that there's no sidewalk and there's a large, uh, maybe six or seven foot fence surrounding the property. Um, one major characteristic of the property is that it floods often um, at both king tides and in severe weather, uh, and that's only going to continue. And it's something that we really care about addressing. Um, we are inspired by the architecture of the Marin ship, uh, which you know is characterized by these leftover warehouse buildings from the Marin ship era. Um, we love this kind of industrial metal and wood aesthetic and how it's been taken over by artists and it's something we want to continue. Um, we've also looked at surrounding buildings on site and how they've kind of taken that existing warehouse aesthetic and blended it into something more modern. Um, in terms of our motivations, you know, our big move here is that we're really trying to create a community that can ride out the storm, um, that community being the Marin Ship Studios and wider Sausalito artist community, um, and that storm being climate change and wanting to address sea level rise before it's too late and save these studios and provide a building that can survive in the future. Um, we're embracing flood water coming out of the site and with a number of landscape and civil strategies, we're guiding that water naturally back into the bay. Um, we're embracing materials that are present already in the marine ship, you know, the steel or metal and wood kind of warehouse aesthetic. Um, we're creating spaces that utilize the unique sites, views, and indoor-outdoor climate. Um, and we're really trying to think ahead in terms of climate change. 
Um, so again, we're proposing to remove this warehousing site, including the uh, shipping containers and stuff over the shipping containers and decking over the existing culvert, which runs into the bay. Um, and we are proposing to replace it with a two-story art studio building um, parking lot that kind of mimics the existing parking lot and an open culvert. Um, and to clarify earlier, we are showing 20 spaces in the site plan. Um, one space is just slightly obscured by the overhang of the second story. Um, sorry if that wasn't clear, but we are proposing 20 spaces. Um, and we're also proposing a 24 foot wide driveway, which you can see here. Um, you can see here, so I apologize for being dim, but a light dash of where that second story overhang runs. Um, so you can see that obscuring that bottom parking space um, which is not obstructed by any walls. It's a full handicapped parking space. Um, so looking at the ground floor, we have um, a cluster of art studio buildings shown here in blue, um, an art studio slash exhibition space here at the front, um, some service spaces in yellow and red, including a large freight elevator. And those individual spaces kind of create and border and define this um, outdoor space that is both covered and uncovered and will be a work and gathering space for artists. Um, in the spirit of providing space for these artists, we're also providing um, large doors, whether they be barn type doors, um, garage style roll up doors, or full height double or single doors to allow art and larger pieces to move in and out of the space, um, as well as some kind of freight and uh, docking areas for pallet jacks, uh, forklifts, and getting these pieces on and off site. Um, we will be hosting large format artists, including um, some of our existing artists like Jay Nelson, who does uh, build artisan ships and boats currently. Um, looking at the second floor, those kind of cluster of smaller buildings are topped by this one continuous bar. Um, the idea of that bar is that we're creating this one large space within um, one roof, and the idea is that that larger space can then be subdivided to fit different artists' needs in terms of space and even different artists' abilities in terms of um, financial support. Um, the hope is that by having this big, flexible space, it gives us the most room to provide a home for the most artists possible. Um, those artists will again be served by this um, outdoor roof deck, uh, which will also have great views of the bay. Uh, there's also a smaller art studio here on the second floor, which connects to another roof deck. Um, this whole second area, our second floor is served by this freight elevator, uh, and we're again providing large doors to move art in and out. Um, in terms of the roof plan, you can just see here that we're providing uh, skylights that serve that flexible space below and allow for it to be subdivided and still have natural light. Um, we're also providing a lot of space for solar panel arrays. In terms of material, um, we have, as Cecilia mentioned, um, updated the tone of the charred wood that we're suggesting, which will cover most of the lower volumes. Um, I apologize if that was not shared earlier. We have not had a chance to meet with the individual commissioners to discuss that, but we will be meeting on Friday and hope to have a, decide, a decisive decision soon. Um, but that charred wood, as we explained last time, is not only meant to give it Kind of a unique character but it also naturally provides a protective layer for the wood um, we're also providing that the upper um, level of this building be clad entirely in this perforated corrugated metal and the idea is that that both speaks to the corrugated metal of the warehouses but also allows for 
light and air um, to move into our windows and to allow the building to kind of dematerialize and minimize the impact of this building size. Um, you can see here in terms of elevation, that uh, perforation and openness and um, transparency is really evident. Um, we're providing natural light for the interior spaces. We're allowing light for these covered exterior spaces, and we're really like minimizing the impact of this building. Um, you can also see that our average grade is at 7.8. Um, to slightly clarify on what Cecilia had mentioned earlier, our average grade height is more like 7 or 8. Um, it's not 6. Um, and to meet FEMA requirements, our level one floor will be at 11 feet, um, both the level one floor and the exterior deck down here at level one. Um, and that is a FEMA requirement to stay above the floodplain. Um, you can see at three foot six above that level one, we have this kind of continuous datum that runs across the building. And the idea with that um, is that this lower three foot six from level one up to this windowsill um, will preemptively be built in a way that it is waterproof and impermeable and submersible. And the idea is that years down the line as sea level rise occurs and the 11 foot height is no longer high enough that we can actually raise the level one building floor level three foot six up to the base of that windowsill, um, thus avoiding the floodwaters and still providing an eight foot six uh, lower level that would still be usable to artists and um, people in the future. Um, in terms of sea level rise, just to clarify, we have met with the sea level rise task force. We did discuss all three proposals. Um, the sea level rise task force communicated their you know, verbal approval, um, but we have not shared our drawing set for 265 Gate 5 Road yet. And we have not yet provided the five point system that they asked for. Um, but Sebastian Burtz and Jimmy Galvez will be presenting after me from our civil engineering team. And they will be talking about our proposal, including those five points, which we have ready to share with the Sea Level Rise Task Force. Um, in terms of landscaping, again, we're taking into um, consideration what we were told at 52 Barter Landing Road. Um, I apologize that it was not shared earlier. But we are providing um, similar paving strategies with this checker block paver um, solution in the driving area, um, the delta grid with grass in um, some of the more like paved walk areas, um, a new sidewalk along Gate 5 Road that connects with our parking lot and handicapped spaces, large paver um, decking area. And then also these rain gardens, um, similar to 52 Barter Landing Road, which strategically gather water and filter it back to the bay. Um, in terms of landscaping, we're looking at a number of native uh, grasses and hedges, which will be in this green area, and then more flood friendly and seawater uh, friendly planting in these blue rain garden areas. Uh, also providing a number of box trees in these movable planter boxes. And the idea with those is that they're more flexible for artists needs if we need to move anything to get art in and out. Um, some quick renderings looking down Columbus Street. As you can see, we're respecting that Columbus Street view corridor, which is the width of the right of way of this Columbus Street. Um, and you can see the building beyond. As we move closer, you can see this large um, or metal bar of the upper level kind of floating over those smaller bars of art studios at the base. 
Um, looking down two six, uh, looking down Gate Five Road, you can see how the height of our building kind of begins to check out with other existing building heights. Again, we are 32 feet above the average grade, um, which is within um, our allowance per the municipal code. Mr. Um, Innan, we are, we are uh, at past the 15 minute mark. So can do you want to just finish up your slides here and then we'll go into commissioner questions? Yes. Um, sorry, really quick. We have, again, kind of putting our building in the greater context and that transformer in the front view. Um, looking down Varda Landing Road, there are two existing buildings within uh, the Clipper Yacht Harbor parcel that our client um, currently leases for artist space. Those are to remain and will continue to be used by artists. Um, looking from the parking lot, you can again see that the parking runs slightly under that overhang. This would be that 20th spot that was in um, questioning earlier. Uh, we're also providing space for forklifts to move in and out from the parking lot to bring art in. Um, and then this kind of shared outdoor space for artists is flanked by these art studios. Um, which have these large doors to move art in and out. And the idea is that this building is permeable and open to both light and air and also our amazing site and the views on it. Um, so that concludes my presentation. If you're willing to let us have a couple more minutes, we have a presentation from our civil engineers on sea level rise. I, I think we'll get to that in our in our Q&A, we, we strive hard to be fair to every applicant in, in front of us. So if we can maybe start with some questions here, because I know that question is going to come up anyway, and we, we can get into some of the detail. Um, that would be great. Um, let's see. Uh, Commissioner Saad, would you like to start us off? Um, questions of the applicant. Sure. Yep. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Thank you to the team for the presentation. Actually, if we can just start with the sea level rise, um, would love to hear um, how that's being addressed, um, where you are on that five-point plan, and um, any discussion specific to this location, um, not on 52 Varda, but if anything you guys can tell us in terms of your um, sea level rise conversation. Yeah, if it would be possible to have Sebastian Bursch be able to talk and share screen, um, I think he would be best suited to respond. Zoom team, can you um, co-host uh, Sebastian, please? And, and let, let's... Um, while you're doing that, let, let's hear what, what is the update with the conversation and, and what where are you with the five-step program as Commissioner Saad was asking? Mm -hmm. So we um, we met with the Sea Level Rise Task Force and walked all three sites. Um, we talked about the strategy for all three sites. We recently received the, like essentially an update verbalizing that they approve of our um, proposal and that we've modeled in more depth than they can model, um, but that they would like to see all of our research kind of parceled down into this five-point um, response. And so we have that response ready for 52 Varda Landing. And we also have it ready for 265 Gate 5 Road. And I think Sebastian was going to present that. Yeah, and just as a quick side note, forgive my, my introduction here, but 
we are only talking about 265 Gate 5. We're, we are not talking about any other project this evening. Yes. Good evening. Can can everybody hear me and see the slide? Yeah, if you can just give us a quick update on this, that would be great. Great. Yeah, thank you for the extra time. So we've uh, 265 Gate 5 was designed originally with the similar methodology that we use for uh, other regional projects. Uh, I won't bore your time with that. Uh, you've already seen that approach. So I'll just jump forward to um, the request we had to format our strategy into the five-step uh, process from the sea level task force. Overall, it uses the same uh, state guidance, OPC 2018. It uses the, they recommend we use the same high emission scenario that we had already been using and agreed with the overall assessment of the OPC 2018 guidance says to use the 66% chance likely predictions for projects like this that are adaptable and don't have significant infrastructure or human safety risks. So to go into the findings in their format, they first, uh, we, we specify the high emission scenario and that we're using the likely SLR predictions. We then specify the project lifespan um, for the buildings that is set at the aspirational 100 year mark. We're shooting for 2120 that this development that the buildings are pre-adapted um, for the sea level conditions we might experience in 2120. Those range on the low end of 2.2 feet to the high end of 4.1 feet of additional sea level rise. The task force process also requests uh, clarification of predict, uh, estimated subsidence and the source of that. We there is no guidance from the task force for parcel specific subsidence because it is very parcel specific, primarily driven by the depth of bay mud under the site. And uh, the county uh, sea level rise planner also does not have specifics. So we were able to utilize the site specific geotechnical report, which not only evaluated the settlement of uh, kind of near surface fill conditions, but also looked at the deeper bay mud conditions specific to this site. That report based on the, the rather shallow depth of, deep, of bay mud at the site predicted two to four inches of settlement. We're utilizing that upper range, that four inch settlement. The task force then asks you to take those SLR ranges and the subsidence to create a relative water level during the design storm, which in this case matching FEMA standard is the 100-year storm. What that does is create our relative water levels, which is how high will that flood level be considering the four inches of subsidence. We're currently with no subsidence in 2022 at 9.63 feet during that 100-year storm. And looking at our project horizon, out at 2120, the low end of sea level prediction with subsidence would have the water level at 12.16 feet. If you look at the high range of 2120, it's up at 15.06, 
And for reference, I also put in there the 2110. That's the 90 year, the high range of the 90 year prediction, 13.46. And what that looks like on the project is starting from the bottom, we have our average grade. Here in red are our flood levels. We have the current flood 100 year, 9.63. The current in black level, a finished floor elevation of 11 feet. You'll see above that, we start seeing flood impacts. The lower range of 2120, our 100-year target is 12.16, which is above the existing level, but well below the uh, maximum level that that finished floor can be easily raised to. Next up, we'd have the uh, upper range of the 90-year prediction, 13.46 feet. We, the task force requests a clarification of what freeboard you would, uh, you would provide, what minimum distance between the floor and that water level. And so in this case, with the FEMA standard one foot freeboard, we are at our maximum level of the finished floor, which is 14.5 feet. We have over one foot of freeboard all the way out, even to the highest expected water level in 2110, so 90 years out, we still have our freeboard. You'll see that one red line, that's still our upper range 2120, is above that finished floor level. So in the upper range of the 100 year prediction of sea level rise, we do exceed the maximum level that this building is pre-adapted to. So in summary, with the extended foundation, the ability to raise that first floor, the building's pre-adapted to, uh, to 14 and a half feet. That leaves, will leave one foot of freeboard to the highest range of SLR predictions in 2110, 90 years, or to at least the low range of sea level in 2120. So we meeting that 90 to 100 year goal for a pre-adapted building. Um, Thank you. Happy to explain more, go into the methodologies. Um, thank you for the extra time. Thank you. Um, Commissioner Saad, this was your, your question. Do you have any ad additional follow-up or to sea level rise or any other questions of the applicant? Not to belabor this, um, it was a helpful presentation, but just so I understand where you are in the process, can you just re-clarify? So that, that is going to be or has been presented back to the sea level rise task force and then there'll be one more discussion. Can you just clarify where? Um, we we need to share that information with the Sea Level Rise Task Force and they will review it at their next meeting. Okay. The memo you, is prepared. Sure. And there won't be any changes to what you submit to them based on what we saw this evening? Will it be the same presentation? Yes, the memo is completed. Uh, nothing I've seen in this uh, presentation or any data requests would change the uh, those values. Okay, great. Um, this is a general note just back to staff since the applicant has also clarified in their presentation um, for um, for design review permit finding 10 on page six of the resolution, we'll need to make the change that the ingress and egress that proposed driveway is the 24 feet, not the not the 20 feet, um, three inches. That's in the staff report, excuse me, in the um, resolution. So that's just a note. Um, 
And can you explain, I just want to make sure I'm understanding the design as well. I think it said multiple areas within the staff report as it was going through each building that there was no connection, um, no interior connection between the first and second levels. Can can someone just explain the design concept there? I don't think I'm following because it sounds like there's that connecting connector above um, for the rest of the buildings, but why is it is it a space issue? Is it, why are we not connecting the first and the second floors? I just want to make sure I'm understanding all the design intentions. Mm -hmm. um, that is That is correct that they're not connected. Um, I think in the, I guess, interest of the spaces being as open as possible and giving as much of our confined site to studio space as opposed to circulation space, um, we, we've left it um, all exterior connected. Okay. Um, thank you. That's helpful as well. And um, I think that's all the questions I had at the moment, Chair Feller. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, Commissioner Graf. Um, <clears throat> thank you, Chair Feller. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I have uh, several questions uh, to clarify. Some of these might be kind of silly, but what is an outdoor toconium or toconoma or whatever that is? That was... <laughs> not clear to me what that is. I've never heard that word before. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm going to do a bad job explaining tokonoma, but a tokonoma is a like a Japanese concept where it's a space near an entry that gets kind of decorated at different seasons and switched out. And so the, the idea with that outdoor tokonoma space is that it's just a a nice green space by the entry of our building. Um, so that it's, maybe, it's imagined to be um, planted in some way or some maybe various ways. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That it'd be a planted area that kind of announces the entry and might uh, be switched seasonally. Might change it. You might change the plantings. Yeah. Okay. Got that. Um, <clears throat> Um, I was looking at the plans of, and, and you've got the large uh, exhibit space and I noticed that it's pretty much surrounded by windows unless I'm not reading the drawings correctly, but it seems to me that an exhibit space mostly uh, uh, would suffer from uh, daylight and, and usually you want an exhibit space that, uh, well, at least that it, you would all those perimeter walls, if they're all glazed, um, I'm just wondering what what the uh, how, how useful that is because um, you know for displaying art and artifacts and things like that, you usually want a light controlled space. So I'm wondering about the use of windows for the exhibit space. Um, uh, let's see. Um, yeah, and, and you call out an area called the dining hall, and um, I'm sort of wondering is, I mean, there's a, there's a generous um, sort of indoor-outdoor space kind of in the middle of the project, and 
um, I don't know. I I just saw a dining hall and and uh, wondering if if that's really what the intent is there. Yes. Um, so to respond to the the exhibition space, um, I think the intent is to have that piece, which is kind of the most prominent lower part of our project, be an area that could kind of be seen by the public or passerbys and communicate like the use of this building, that it is this active art builder space. Um, so I think that's the hope with making it more open to that corner and glaze and that the actual exhibition or presentation or, you know, art showing there would be more on interior partitions or, or movable pieces um, to display the art as opposed to the exterior walls of that space. Um, and then I guess the exterior space would be better defined as a communal space as opposed to a dining hall. I think the intent is that artists can use this outdoor space, which is both covered and open air um, in a flexible manner. It could be to build something, to move something, to gather for small events, to eat lunch and collaborate with other artists. Um, it's kind of a, a flexible space that's meant to serve many uses. Um, okay, and then on the on the second floor, there's a, um, I get the north and south all mixed up here. Um, I think it's on the west end. Um, there's a deck that seems to be accessed only through one of the spaces and it's called sort of an exhibit slash storage space and there's the freight elevator there but the only access that i see to that deck is through that space is that intentional or is that space intended to be more uh of a kind of a uh, circulation space or how does that work so the the space that's at the far northwest corner, kind of where Gate Five Road meets Varda Landing Road, um, that that outdoor deck space is yes, it's only accessed from that art studio slash storage space, um, and would kind of belong to that art studio slash storage space. There's the deck that comes, I guess. The, then there's a deck that. Uh, is accessed from the elevator, from the stair, and from both of the upper level spaces. You know, that's accessed by everyone. And then the large art studio building, our art studio space to the southeast of the second floor, um, then has its own art studio deck that does provide um, a stair access down to the lower level. Saw that. But you're correct in, in that the far northwest outdoor area is only accessed through that art studio space. Seems kind of exclusive. It's a big deck for a one studio, one space. Um, <clears throat> uh, okay. Um, uh, let's see. Bear with me for a minute here. Um, the spaces on the second floor uh, you are describing as you would be able to partition them with with uh, walls as required. You've shown a bunch of rather regular walls showing a bunch of sort of regular spaces, but um, uh, I'm, I'm glad to hear that that's not what your real intent is, if I'm 
hearing you correctly, but does that have a ceiling? It, I mean, it, what's the ceiling? Yeah. Um, so the ceiling, we're looking at using um, essentially like a truss ceiling with concrete deck above. Um, and so we're looking at right now the trusses creating coming down to a 10 foot six ceiling height. And so the idea is that those walls would be less than full height, maybe eight or eight or nine, six. And so that that way they're not really attached or confined by the ceiling height or uh -huh. the truss location. So the, the intent, like we've drawn that kind of regular layout, but the intent is that it could be very flexible. Yeah, but you don't have, um, <clears throat> in other words, if you're a noisy artist, um, your noise is going right over your partition to the next artist. Is that correct? It yes. I, I think if it if it became an issue, we could look into building a like a drop ceiling to seal it off. Um, I'm just curious. I mean, it's yeah. interesting because uh, for years I was in the industrial center building for many many years. And uh, our first years there, we made a lot of noise. We were on the third floor and the walls went up to 12 feet and all the noise and all the dust and everything went all over the place. And uh, some people didn't like that. Um, uh, we were the noisy ones, I have to say. Um, machinery and, and spray boots and compressors and all that. But, <clears throat> you know, no, our artists can get to be pretty noisy people. And so um, it just seems to me that, that the design ought to be able to accommodate a little bit more isolation uh, for, um, for a certain artist. So that's a comment that answers my question. Um, uh, well, I don't know who this question is really for, but um, this is a grand idea. And um, I, I'm just wondering, you know, about about the affordability and and whether um, the artists are really going to be able to afford these kind of spaces. This is a this is an expensive building and and uh, 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 an exclusive setup. And I'm just wondering, you know, how affordable that might be and. And um, so, so that's one of my big questions about uh, about the concept. And so I don't know if you can answer that now or later, but um, I have to put it out there. Mm -hmm. And that's it for my questions for, for now. Great, thank you, Commissioner Graf. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, Commissioner Luxembourg. Uh, thank you, Chair Peller. Uh, if you could, uh, Matt, if you could bring up the floor plan on the second floor. Yes. One second. So I want to understand this. So if somebody's in a wheelchair, they go up in the elevator, they have to go outside and then go inside to get to uh, artist studios one through ten. Yes, that's correct. Does that comply with codes and whatever? Um, to our understanding, it does. Okay. Um, can you walk me through uh, a, a layman's understanding? Well, not a layman's understanding, but uh, can you go back over this? 
the the current elevations are seven or eight feet or so, and the sea level rise goes to 12 to 15 feet. So when this building is first built, the level of the floor on the first floor of the four buildings is what? It is 11 feet. It is 11 feet. And then sea level rise happens and the floor floats and the ceiling gets lower? Well, explain this in layman's terms. No, um, yes, of course. So this in, in quick section is the building before sea level rise occurs. This is on day one. The level one um, floor height would be set at 11 feet, which meets the FEMA flood requirement. Okay. Um, the strategy, the preemptive strategy for down the line sea level rise is that this lower uh, windowsill datum, which runs across the whole um, level one building design, would be built so that it can be essentially fully waterproofed and submersible. And the idea is that this building is much too large to float as you know we're doing in other um, proposals. But here, instead of floating, we're proposing that we could then raise the level one floor from 11 feet up to 14 foot six, up three foot six, because of those submersible impermeable walls and still provide an eight foot six lower level floor. So the, the our lower floor to ceiling height, sorry. Um, and so the building stays in place, nothing, nothing floats, nothing moves. We just raise the um, finished floor height of the lower level. So the ceiling gets shorter, like I just said. Yes, the ceiling height would shrink because that um, floor height is being raised. And then on the outside, your handicap wraps and all of that stuff, go to 11 feet. So how do you get them up three and a half feet? We we would have to redesign or rebuild the um, handicap ramps in the event of significant sea level rise. I see, okay. So, all right, so now I understand better now. Um, so uh, can you go back, uh, do you have the, the rendering that was on the first sheet so you can explain this wall to me, whether that's just a mistake yeah. yeah. Um, yeah so, that wall, the behind up on your cursor, that wall. Yeah. So this is a this is an entry fence. Okay. No, um, not that. The the wall behind it. Okay. Um. And then if I go to a different rendering, um, I'm not necessarily sure what wall you're referring to. Okay. Um, can you go back? Just go back to the one yeah. you were at. I can make it clear. So move your cursor up slightly. What and over to the right a little bit. What is that? So this is the building beyond. So this this um, charred wood portion here is, okay. is this charred wood portion here. Okay. That just seems the angle seems off and it looked a little bit like what you had at uh, 60 bar or 52 bar to land and you had like a entry wall with flats. So that's what oh, it looks yeah. like. But you're saying that's just, they're in different planes is what you're saying. Yes, yes. Okay, I got, I got it, I got it. You don't have to belabor that. Um, but to my comments about, you have a bunch of sheets that are, uh, the parking is wrong, so you will update all of your, on two issues. One, you have 19 parking spaces on at least three sheets in your set. Um, I, I'd be happy to add additional notes to them, but just to clarify, I 
think the issue may just be that you're not seeing the parking spot under the volume of no, the No, no, I, I understand that fully. So okay. um, the, what I'm telling you is three of your sheets in the set that is posted online have 19 parking spaces. Okay. They're, they're numbered one through whatever. So, and, and it's, it's a different configuration. It's not, you don't, you didn't do the parking. Can you bring up the set you submitted? Yeah. Um, okay. That looks sort of like it. So according to, uh, let's see, A101. A So you're saying that has 19 spaces. You're saying there's one under the under the under the overhang. Is that the issue? Yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm sorry if that wasn't clear enough in this drawing, okay. but there is a 20th um right here. And you're seeing 20th right there. Okay. It's just not it's just you can't see it because of the building. Okay. I get it. That's fine. Uh and then the 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 comment about gravel. You have gravel parking on uh sheet. Let's see. Uh, L1.0, L1.01. Mm -hmm. um, yes, that, that is correct. And I apologize that we did not submit a revised um, set after our discussion of previous or of other proposals. Okay. Um, this this proposal was sent. The proposal that we're discussing today essentially was sent almost a year ago in um, October of 2021, and so um, we totally hear the you know requests on our other proposals and are fully on board with switching away from gravel and and going with this checker block paver. Um, so okay. there's, there's if, if this project is approved, the set that you've submitted would be the set that gets attached. And so what I want to make sure of is you can go in and correct all the plans so that there isn't any confusion down the road that the, the set of plans that's going to get attached doesn't say gravel, it says this checker block papers is what I'm what I'm asking about. Okay. Yeah, we would be very happy to do that. Um, okay, and then on this. Sea level rise, you know, the, you're going to submit this five-step plan. If they come back with something that changes your design, I like to avoid having to get changes to our improved projects. So when do you think you're going to have that information from the sea level wise task force? So that if they ask for something that changes your design, whether it's ramps or uh, landscape, when when do you think you're going to get hear back from them from the conversations you've had with them? I I actually don't have the date of their next hearing, but I, I we're ready to submit those five points tomorrow, and okay. so we'd we'd be on the yeah as quick as possible to get them. Okay, uh, Chair Fowler, those are the questions I have. Thank, thank you and thank you, Matt. Thank you, Commissioner Luxembourg. Uh, Vice Chair Junius. Thank you, Chair Feller. Just one follow-up question. The um, the issue about the raising the floor, the, I think that's fascinating. And I, I think, I, you know, I remember the Florida landing one where you've got the floating floor. I understand this building's too big for that. 
when you say raising the floor, does that mean you're just going to pour a new cement slab on the, on top of the old cement slab? Is that the, the deal? What do you mean by raise? So I think we would we would utilize the existing foundation and just raise the interior floor through supports. I, I don't think it have to be a new slab. Um, but the idea is that we're preemptively building the lower walls of that lower floor to be waterproof and submersible. So we, we wouldn't have to go back and retrofit that. I, I mean, I get I get the fact that it's all water waterproof and, and retrofitable, but I is it is it? I mean, I don't think it really. It's it's fascinating. I'm not sure it's a it's a key point here for the entitlement. I'm just interested in the technology and your. Um, but it is a it is a um, it's you've got but you're basically building like a, a bathtub there kind of thing where the you'd have maybe a a non cement floor that would be built on top of the cement foundation floor. Is that possible? Is that one of the possibilities? Yes. Yeah, it, it is essentially a bathtub. Got it. Okay. I understood. Thank you. No other questions. Great. Thank you, Vice Chair Genius. Um, and again, you know, thank, thank you guys for, for the presentation and the discussion here. I did have a couple follow-up questions and I'm just looking at my notes as I do that. Um, when, when you've described how you would raise the interior floor based on, you know, the hundred year um, marker or what have you, um, how are you designing uh, the project now where all of your utility hookups or utilities or pumps or anything like that are above that, that height as well? I think the intention is that anything on the exterior would need to be at a, at a higher height at, at that height. Um, I don't know if Jimmy or yeah, Jimmy wants to jump in from Shirley. Yeah, can you guys hear me? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so utilities are going to be uh, in, installed, basically using the, the basically direct connection to the, the to the pipes. Um, we would have to look into flexible connections, right, to be able to ex extend those services up to the new floor. So that would be part of the process. Um, um, I also wanted to share as well that in, in terms of the other mitigations for for flood we're we're using um FEMA recommendations and allowing vents through the bottom part of the floor that would allow water to go through back and forth and that would also serve as a as another mitigation element uh for the building structure thank you um and then of course your parking lot would not be you know, changing elevation theoretically. Um, but I mean, have you considered anything with, you know, you're daylighting that creek that runs, I guess, on the southern edge of the property uh, into the bay. So it's basically a culvert uh, there. I mean, is there any concerns about erosion control? Have you looked at that and, and feel that it's um, capable of handling your, your parking, your surface parking lot? So to clarify, I think you're referring to the the section on the on the east side. Is that the uh, the flood control channel? Is that what you're referring to? Wherever your culvert is, wherever you're daylighting the culvert of the the, the creek that goes into the bay. Um. So so that that is uh, that is currently concrete walls, and then what we're doing is actually building a a, a curb so that would actually. Uh, hold the parking lot in place. And so everything is graded away from that channel. Okay. To drain to drain out basically. 
And, you know, I'm, I'm curious, uh, have you guys considered with this design uh, any other type of, um, you know, sustainable considerations like solar panels or EV charging or, or anything that can sort of contribute to the longer term goals here in California for lower emissions or, uh, you know, co-generation of, of, of power that way? Uh, and anything like that um, incorporated in this project? Yeah, so I think where our aim is to provide uh, solar panels on on the roof, and we're you know already planning out space for that. Um, I think we'd also be providing EV chargers, uh, and I think really working with our MEP team to strategize on providing an efficient and high performing building. Um, with efficient mechanical systems and um, everything else. Okay. And then, you know, Chair Fowler, can I ask a question to follow sure. on to that? If sure. you put EV panels on the roof, do they have to be within the 32 feet? I, I, our intent is that they would. Our, our 32 feet right now includes a, a, a parapet. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Chair Fowler. Yeah. yeah, certainly. Um, you know, in, in Matt, in your presentation, you talked about how this project, uh, you were inspired by the Marin ship. I, I sort of wrote that down, but I'm struggling to see the connection with the design and, and some of the other buildings that you, the industrial buildings that, that you were showing. Uh, I'm not seeing how any of, there's any richness of association there with um, the theme. So can you explain that a little bit and explain sort of the perforated metal panel like the Mercer Bia and what is actually behind it and what is that sort of uh, a satin finish is it you know going to be reflect a lot of light I mean it, I'm, I'm just really not it's not clicking with me I want to know more mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so I think we are taking direct inspiration from these warehouse structures, many of which are clad in corrugated metal, many of which are straightforward rectilinear um, geometries. And we're taking that to inspire that upper level with that corrugated metal. Um, the perforation is to kind of lessen the impact of that shape and piece up in the air. And the idea is that that corrugated perforated metal is essentially a, a building skin or rain screen. So there, there's normal, you know, wall construction behind it. The windows uh, that are behind the perforated metal would sit just directly behind it and look out through that screen. Um, and the lower level pieces that support that second metal bar I think are also taking inspiration from other warehouses and surrounding homes and houseboats that are clad in this kind of weathered wood. And so I think we're in materiality speaking directly to those warehouses and the kind of greater context of the Marin ship. Okay. Um, and uh, this is a um, admittedly uh, a slightly loaded question, so uh, bear with me if, if you will. Um, but you mentioned that th this set of drawings was issued a year ago, and and it, it is is that for us to believe there have been no amendments or changes or anything in in a year? 
The, the only changes that we have made are in response to the items we discussed at 52 Varda Landing, the, um, the gravel to, um, I guess the change of the gravel um, to grass pavers, and then also the change of the charred wood to a lighter, warmer tone. Okay. Every every other building item has stayed in place since that. Um, I think it's October twenty fifth, two thousand twenty two or two thousand twenty one submission. Okay. Um, okay. Um, those are all the questions I have have for now. Um, unless there are any other follow up questions for the applicant from the commissioners, uh, just by a show of hands. Oh, okay. I see two. Uh, yes, Commissioner Saad, you had your hand up, and then Commissioner Graff. I just had one more question. Um, I was going through the resolution again, and there is a under number six, um, it talks about the landscaping and there seemed to be quite um, a heavy load of plants to be installed. And it says two rain gardens, um, 478 plants, all drought tolerant, I believe eight trees. Could you just speak to the effort to maintain those and you know is is there recycled water or how are those rain gardens going to function as well just to be conscientious of current conditions mm -hmm. um, so I think the intent with all the landscaping is that there would be no permanent irrigation and they won't require any irrigation once established um, and I, I think that that goes as well for the trees. Um, these are not meant to take take water or require water. Um, I don't believe we're currently thinking we're we are not currently thinking of harvesting rainwater for irrigation um, because the plants aren't intended to require irrigation. Okay, so no, so no irrigation plan. Um, do do you know the how they're set up? I mean to set up the drought tolerant plants, how long it would take them before they would no longer need the support of, I mean, is it gonna be like a mulch? Like what, if you could just get into a little bit of the detail on the landscaping, um, that would be. Yeah, I mean, if it would be, if it would be helpful, we could even like as a potential condition of approval or something, get our landscaper to more eloquently write it out with a better explanation, but I think that typically they require a year of irrigation and that irrigation would probably only be provided during dry months. Okay, manually, meant to be manually completed. Okay, thank you. That's helpful. Thank you, Chair Feller. Sure, thank you. Commissioner Graff, you had a follow-up question. Um, yeah, just to clarify a couple of things. <clears throat> um, on the second floor in the elevations, there are some dotted rectangles that appear to have little glass symbols. But those are, that's glazing, correct? Yes. So yes. how does that work? I mean, there's there's your screen, right? Your corrugated screen, which, mm -hmm. what is that metal, by the way? I believe it would be corrugated steel. Steel, galvanized? Yes. I I believe so. Okay. I had never seen that before, but sure it could be done. Um, so, so you've got the screen and then what a space 
and then a wall. How does that work? I didn't quite get it. Yeah, it, exactly. A wall right. has windows. Yeah, there's there's the the corrugate the perforated corrugated metal, um, a small gap, an inch or two, and then the wall assembly. And that wall assembly is pretty typical, you know, with the window in it. And that perforation allows for views and light to enter, but also provides some sort of shading and protection and privacy. Uh -huh. Okay, well, that's, that's yeah. what I thought. And, and the intent is that the, um, the windows would also be operable, but open in to allow some natural ventilation. Yeah, well, good. <clears throat> so back to the bathtubs. Um, so the I guess it's like three main lower buildings are all bathtubs. And as the water or the sea level rises, and you can raise the floor level in the bathtubs. So you would also have to be, correct me if I'm wrong, but raising the whole entire plaza with it, correct? You you would, yes, correct. And that's a, like a paved solid surface, but you'd have to like frame it up and raise it somehow. Yeah, so much in the way that the interior floor would be raised, it's just a pedestal system. Like uh -huh. they're, they're pavers and they could raise with the pedestal beneath it. Okay. Boy, that sea level rise. It's a killer, <laughs> isn't it? Um, okay, no more questions for now. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Commissioner Graff. Uh, and Matt, just one, one last thing that Commissioner Graff was talking about. I mean, my experience, particularly on the waterfront with the type of system uh, with the corrugated uh, perforated metal and then operable windows is you have to really think hard about bird control um, because it really promotes a lot of nesting uh, in there. And then, you know, we'd certainly, I'm sure DPW has looked at this or will again, um, about any of the hydrostatic pressure on how you, this pedestal system that you're talking about, because once water starts rising like that, it's not just moving, moving a floor up out of the water. It's, there's a whole um, engineering task at, to be calculated there. So would, would be curious what DPW thought about that if, if you submitted that to them. Yeah, I, I, we, we would be happy. I don't think DPW has commented directly on that, um, but we're working with both our civil engineer and with a naval engineer to further that design. Great, great. Okay, thank you for that. Okay, Commissioner Luxembourg, you had your hand well, up. One last uh, quick question related to this bathtub. So you've got a, you're working on the 90 year, 100 year uh, timeline. So what, what's the useful life of the building? I think that we're coming in with the intent that it would be 100 years. Um, and then we're also recognizing that at the highest level, highest prediction, 100 year, um, that it, it may be more like a 90 year lifespan. The building will have a 90 year lifespan. I mean, that's longer than most yeah. modern buildings these days. And yeah. Currently, worst case scenario, it's a 90 year lifespan. Okay. All right. Thank you. I'm also sure, Paula. Thank you. Okay, great. Thank you. Okay. Um, I think this would be a good time to open this up for public comment. 
Uh, to do so, you may raise your hand uh, in the Zoom application, or you can press star nine on your cell phone. And again, this is item 6B on this evening's agenda. And uh, Mr. Yates, you've had your hand up very patiently for quite some time. I see a couple more coming in here as well. We'll allow three minutes for public comment this evening. And I'll call on everybody in the order that um, that I see you on my screen. So if uh, Mr. Yates, we can, we can unmute you. Uh, Zoom team, can you assist Mr. Yates to unmute? Okay, Mr. Yates, you should be able to unmute yourself. Okay, there you yeah. go. <laughs> oh, so thank you, Madam Chair, members of the uh, Planning Commission. My name is Ed Yates. I'm a land use municipal and environmental lawyer in San Francisco. Although I partly grew up in Sausalito at the Sausalito Yacht Club, my father's knee around all those guys and the boats drinking away. And my father was also a captain of a Liberty ship, which as you know, were built in Marine ship. He had a sailboat in Sausalito Harbor. So I got a little different take on what's compatible with Marine ship than Mr. Houtsager. But first, Chairman Feller, could you freeze my time for just a minute for a point of information? Uh, that's okay. Keep going, sir. Okay. Well, so what I want to say is first, I have a hearing disability. So if you could all speak slowly, that'll help. You've been doing great. So I just want to let you know that too, uh, is I uh, worked many, many years ago uh, for a law firm named Ruben and Junius and did some uh, contract work for them. I did not work for Mr. Junius. I didn't have any contact with him. I don't think there's any issue. Third is I contacted the city to make you aware, to make staff aware of all the problems with due process and procedure that you have. And you've got a lot. And so I would like you, Madam Chair, if you could, because I'm the one who alerted you these problems. I, was, I did not sandbag the city and throw them at you tonight. I alerted you to the problems and yet Mr. Hotart, the planning director, didn't communicate with me and threw this stuff on the agenda at the last moment about the things that I had suggested. So I would request that you give me 10 minutes with, a, with one minute to respond to uh, the developer. Uh, you know, sir, this is just public comment on this item this evening as standard procedure we provide, we allow for, for three minutes. Uh, certainly uh, allow you since the clock is still moving for you know the rest of your time uh, back to I think about a, a minute and uh, a minute and ten seconds. But I'm I'm, un I'm unclear what it is you want to comment on regarding this project specifically. Well, I'm a minute. I, I asked you if you could freeze it because these are points of information. So I'll start if you want to cut me off. That's your choice. The developer's gone on for two hours. So I'm getting paid by somebody to represent them. We're probably going to appeal this. It's a possibility we will litigate this. I really think it's a good idea to get this stuff out now and not lay it all on the city council. So up to you. So I'll start. You can cut me off whenever you want. You're the boss. So first of all, the comment letters. The planning department puts on its website that comment letters have to be in by September 14th. Well, of course, that's nonsense. 
you all know, we all know, Mr. Junius knows, Mr. Hotar, Mr. Rudin know, you, you can't limit letters any more than a letter that's arised before you make your decision. So that was misleading to the public. People called me, what's going on? That's misleading. Due process issue number one, due process issue number two, the findings, as Mr. Luxembourg, I believe, mentioned, they were delivered an hour before, that you didn't even have them. Miss uh, Jerolowski claimed that, oh, I have them. And I said, well, send them to me. She never sent them to me. They just appeared magically because I had pointed out, you need findings. You can't just say, yeah, whatever, looks good. You can't do that. Mr. Yates, I'm, not, I'm, I'm pretty sure we're not gonna be able to get through all of your items. Um, I, we do, I believe, have public comment uh, and um, I appreciate you commenting this evening, but there are others in the audience that would like to comment as well. And we like to be fair and equitable to everybody. Could you just give me another so like minute? To, move on to uh, Stacey Nemo is our next speaker this evening. If we could unmute uh, Stacey Nemo and ask to share your video. Okay, if you don't mind unmuting yourself. Got it, thanks. And Thank I would you. like to share my screen too, if that's uh, that's working okay. You're, you're co-hosted, you should be able to do so. Okay, great. Okay. Uh, you know, this is the first time I've done anything like this. Um, it's, it's generally, yeah, it's definitely not something I would normally do. I've served on the Arts Commission in town. I've been part of the school board and I've also been on the Sausalito Cruising Club board. Um, but this is the first for me being in front of the Planning Commission. I respect all the time you guys put in here. It's an amazing and difficult job you do. Um, that said, I just want to talk a little bit about this plan. Um, I think Sausalito is an amazing place, and one of the most amazing things about it is, of course, the waterfront. And I'm concerned about this project, not just because it blocks public and private views, but it's also out of alignment with the marine ship plan goals. Um, there's also something else that I'll just throw in there, but it's much too little time to get into it. Um, the storm drains in the plan drain into culvert, which is actually uh, above or yeah, above the tide line. So once the tide comes up, there's no storm drains on the building as is planned right now. Um, and it's also important to note that most of the flooding in Sausalito is due to subsidence and not sea level rise. If you look at the uh, Manzanita parking lot, or if you look at this photograph right here, this is subsidence, um, not sea level rise. Adding 8 million pounds of soil to a sinking lot that's already got a detached sewer line problem along Gate 5 Road does not seem like it's going to help with the subsidence issue at all and doesn't seem like it's been addressed either. But given the limited time, as I mentioned, I'll focus on the Marine Ship Plan. Um, one of the main goals of the Marine Ship Plan is to maximize the amount of real uh, and effective open water and shoreline area. What we have in this plan here in the yellow area is completely empty space. The bottom floor is 14 feet of mostly nothing. It seems to exist only to put the second floor higher up into the air. Um, it's going directly against the ship plan of trying to minimize the space that you're occupying. The, play, the, the plan already accommodates sea level rise with what calculates to be 880 truckloads of fill dirt to meet the 11th floor height. Um, so what? why keep all this space open and elevate a massive 150 foot by 14 foot unarticulated facade up into the sky um, to the height that it's at? 
And the height that it's at has also been a little misleading. It's not really 32 feet, it's 39 uh, feet, eight inches. Now, if it gets a little gray here, and I think the whole planning commission is gonna run into this over and over again, and it's important to get this right now because this is such a landmark and huge project to figure out how to accommodate building heights in regard to sea level rise. Um, I think one of the main things that the uh, Marine Ship Plan does very well is it says it should be in line with the buildings around it. Um, having 14 foot tall ceilings is not a way to minimize your mass and it's not required for any reason other than the possibility of having a large sculpture. Even that seems a little uh, fishy, but we can move on to how it looks in the environment. You see it blocking, completely blocking out the mass and the hills beyond there. And Mr. Nemo, mm -hmm. I'm sorry to interject, but but your three minutes is has elapsed here. Um, but I appreciate uh, you sharing your screen and uh, walking us through some of your concerns here. So thank you. For okay, so. just the most important part is it's most of the area is 22 feet tall. Only the things in red here are above 22 feet and the thank building is 40 feet. Thank you. Thank you for um, putting your slides together and, and, and sharing that and um, appreciate that very much. I'm looking for any additional hands uh, from the public for public comment this evening. You can uh, raise your hand in the Zoom application or press star nine on your cell phone. Okay, seeing no additional hands, I'll go ahead and I'll close public comment and I'll bring the discussion back up to our virtual dais. Uh, Commissioner Luxembourg, would you like to start us off? Uh, sure. Um, I'm not sure where, uh, there are a bunch of issues here. I think the first of which is, is it consistent with the Marin ship? Uh, and I think it is. I mean, I think it's it's artist space. We Sausalito focuses on the arts. I think that's uh, and it's it's attempting to do that. So I think from that point of view, it's correct. I do think it's an industrial use. I don't. I'm not comfortable with 15303A uh, for CEQA because I don't think that applies from my read of it. But I'll defer to. Uh, the uh, city attorney on that. Uh, however, I, I, I news to me about this part 32, which came up an hour before we um, uh, came in today. Uh, I, I am going to stress, as I did in the beginning of this, uh, these plans came in a year ago. There were changes that occurred that should have changed these plans. Uh, I think we want to send a strong message to the Community Development Department that when changes occur, go back to people before you schedule something for a hearing and make sure their drawings reflect all the latest things. I mean, there's no, we're sitting here and belabor stuff that, you know, uh, something could easily go through, but they, we got conditions that we have to add that are, were, would have been known. Staff should not even put it before us when they know we're going to say these things, this is the third of three projects on in this area with the same architect. So those were known. I think that those should have been addressed before now. I do I do concur with uh, Commissioner Graff's issue on affordability. This seems to be a very expensive building between the bathtub and all the the space and the volumes. 
will it be affordable? I don't know whether the owner is going to subsidize the artists or how that's going to work, but I think it is a great concept for the artists. So I, uh, I'm not that troubled by, uh, there was a comment about this being 39 feet just now. It, it's clear to me that that's the elevation above sea level. It's the elevation is seven feet. It's going to meet the zoning code. And now I understand there's a parapet, but I guess I get a little worried when the architect talks about, you know, some things that aren't yet there, like the EV panels aren't yet there. And we've seen several projects come in with changes to an approved project. So I, I would hope when we get the project, it's designed and they don't have to keep coming back to us. So, but I do think it's a good use for the Marin ship. I do think it's a, uh, you know, it, it, it's a, uh, you know, it's it's going to improve the site. Obviously, we need conditions to make sure the gravel road isn't there and all the things we talked about. Anyways, those are my thoughts. I want to hear what everybody else thinks about this. Thank you, Chair Feller. Thanks for, for starting us off. Uh, Commissioner Graf, do you want to uh, weigh in on that or uh, share your other ideas? Okay. Um, I, I would concur with um, Commissioner Luxembourg's um, comments about having all the information in front of us <laughs> in the drawings. Uh, I think that would that's good practice, and I would hope that would be so in the future. Um, those, the design changes, I understand that they're responsive, and they're probably good changes, but um, the process was not really followed. Um, <clears throat> I, uh, I, I really appreciate the concept and I, and I appreciate the, the, uh, um, the fitting to the Marin ship specific plan. <clears throat> I get all that, um, uh, providing artist spaces and the Marin ship or even uh, related uh, uh, light industrial things like maybe small boat building, things like that, I think is wonderful. Uh, I am worried again about <clears throat> this project being able to be affordable for what might be a typical artist. Um, I mean, I. Uh, uh, I'm an artist, I'm a designer, I've been in this whole art world for many, many years, and I know what the struggle is like uh, to afford space, or to find space even. So I'm all for providing the space. Um, <clears throat> uh, and, uh, and I think, uh, and, and, and it's being done in a really interesting way. Um, the, the building itself is really uh, pretty interesting. Um, however, uh, uh, I don't know if I'm alone in this, but I feel like the design of the building is out of place. Uh, it feels like it kind of, I like the building a whole lot. Uh, in fact, I really like it a lot, but it doesn't seem to fit where it is. And um, and I, uh, uh, it's, that's a hard thing to say because I know the effort that went into uh, producing this design. You know, it's very thoughtful in many, many ways. <clears throat> but that's, that's 
that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing this as, as an artifact that really uh, kind of uh, doesn't belong in the kind of a low key uh, sort of semi-industrial context that it's in. And so I would prefer a more modest approach uh, to the architecture. Um, uh, that's my personal view on it. Um, uh, let's see if there was anything else I write off hand. Um, yeah, the affordability issue um, is really an issue to me. Um, uh, well, most of my questions have been answered. Um, I'm just not quite sure where to go with this. Um, as I say, it's uh, it's it's a it's quite an effort and it's a remarkable building, but I feel like it's kind of out of place. Okay. That's that's enough of that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Commissioner Graff. Thank you very much, uh, Commissioner Saad. Uh, thank you, Chair Feller. Um, thank you for all the conversation and public comment this evening. Um, I am in the same camp as Commissioner Graff. I don't think it necessarily fits in with the character. Um, I, I love the concept. I love what the property owner is trying to achieve. So I want to be very clear about that. I agree with Commissioner Luxembourg as well. I mean, I'm, I'm reading this the same way in terms of the marine ship plan, defining it as an artist space. I think that's all wonderful. Um, I do think it is quite large. It is a very huge lot. And I do think there is a bit of an opportunity to reduce some of the scale. And I can't recall who came up with this comment, but um, considering how much uh, space there is, I too first noticed um, that second floor, which is why I was asking about the height, because there are so many buildings all interconnecting them makes it look to me as one massive scale. If you're looking from the street and you're looking at those renderings, you're not seeing that bird's eye view that we have here on these plans. Um, and and I, I, I just find it quite massive, especially if you're comparing to what has been there. Um, I think the staff report does correctly state that it is underutilized. I agree with that. And I think there's opportunity for development, but um, I'm just having a hard time sort of swallowing not the scale combined with the look of the building. Um, I'm, I'm just not that invited by it. I don't know how else to say it, but I, I do think that there, there's a, good intention here i think from what we heard in terms of our previous comments at the previous project the pavers make sense i think drought tolerant plants make sense i think supporting the artists makes sense but i'm i'm struggling with a couple of the findings at this moment um in the design review okay. in terms of light and air um and views um so that's currently where i am okay thank you uh, vice chair junius Thank you, Chair Feller. Um, I, I certainly agree with the comments uh, regarding the appropriate use here. Um, you know, I think it's interesting 
when you look at the evolution of industrial areas in a variety of different, you know, Bay Area communities, you oftentimes see this interesting interconnection between industry, some in some respects, kind of phasing out and 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 uh, communities moving in and and the interplay there. I think is really fascinating and should be supported, and that's what our Marin Chip Plan does. So I, I think we're all eventually. I mean, we're all. On, I I would assume we're all kind of on board with the concept. Um, I mean, I, I actually really like the building. I think it's, I, th I think it's, um, it's a forward-looking design uh, in a, you know, kind of a, you know, un underutilized is kind of an under overutilized word we're using tonight. I mean, clearly the the lot, the the property can accommodate a, a significant amount of development. Um, I think they've done a great job with locating the building in a place where you know views are you know um, accounted for, and I thought the view studies and the information in the staff report regarding few corridors down Coloma and whatnot were, were excellent and, and make the right points and allow us to allow me at least to make the findings in that respect. It is a big building. Um, it is within the height limit. We have height limits so that we don't go above them. Um, and I think this notwithstanding quibbling about, you know, where the sea level rise is going to be in years ahead and what that means for the grade and how you measure it, you know, I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, I like the 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 I, I really like the overhanging concept. I love the massing, the way it floats over the kind of the glassier base. I think the creative layout is really interesting. Um, I, I just think it's the kind of fun, cool, uh, you know, kind of surprisingly interesting project that that this part of Sausalito could really benefit from. Um, uh, I, and I. And I, you know, I tried trying to start redesigning it or having to, you know, trying to send these guys back and rethink it. I, I think that's going to be tough for them. Um, I think they've done a great job. I, I love the, the, you know, the metal exterior on the on the the bar box above at the top. I think is fascinating. A lot of interesting maintenance issues could go there. Like how do you wash the windows? And you know, Commissioner Feller's got comments about birds and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, this isn't. It's a, a lot of things that need to be thought through. But overall, I, I just thought when I first looked at it, I was really impressed um, and I would be very supportive of it. But it sounds like uh, we're going to have some more discussions. So um, but I'm very, very uh, supportive of the design set overall. Thank you, Vice Chair Junius. Um, you know, I, I think that this, you know, this evening is sort of another un unfortunate situation where we would likely have to continue this project anyway because of the lack of complete information. But um, so that might have been inevitable, uh, e even, e you know, e even under different circumstances. But I wanted to be a little bit more specific with some of my comments about where and how I, I, I think you've got some interesting design ideas, but I, I do not think that this is at all in keeping with the general plan and Marinship specific plan that has been laid out by, by Sausalito. And those are part of our guardrails that we have to uphold uh, here on the commission, despite what we may or may not like personally. Um, but I'm looking at um, land use and growth management elements, which is a carryover from the Marinship specific plan. Of course, of course, this the Marinship specific plan applies to this and it's called um, it's LU 3.4.4, which is sense of place. Development plans should recognize the aesthetic and social value of small scale individual activities as a vital component in the overall composition of the marineship. That has to do with the land use and the design. I don't, I, I couldn't support this project based on that. 
There's another policy under community design um, about public realm and promoting a positive relationship between the structure and the adjoining public realm. Even though you're not adjoining a park necessarily, and at least you're putting in a sidewalk, it's, it's not really um, pedestrian friendly or welcoming or inviting or any of those things. Um, you know, I agree with Vice Chair Junius. I mean, the, you know, there is a height limit on, on this parcel. Um, you can't go above it, but you can go up to it. And so, um, you know, those are there for a reason and those are fairly objective. Um, so staying below it is, is certainly critical. Um, so also, you know, policy CD 4.7, Marinship character, promote industrial development in the Marinship. What confused me with this is that the comments we got from that is that the project is an expansion of the existing artist colony and does not include an industrial development. Well, it is an industrial development because it's industrial zoned and, and th those are the functions as defined in our general plan and Marinship specific plan. So that did not really make a whole lot of sense to me. And then, you know, there's another policy, which is CD 5.2, undergrounding utilities to alleviate public safety concerns, particularly during hazard events, reduce or eliminate overhead utilities. Well, none of that is really happening on this site. And I know that is not entirely uh, the applicant's responsibility, because of course you have to deal with PG&E, but I, I think we haven't really addressed that uh, because you still have poles there. Um, you might have a new transformer, but that's above grade. And, and maybe that makes sense because the sea level rise, but we, we need, these are in place for a reason. These are our policies and ordinance here for, for a reason. Um, but I just don't see how, how this project really addresses in, any of this stuff. So I don't think that I, even with, with all the mistakes from staff, I don't think I could support the design as it stands now because it, it's not in keeping with the Marinship specific plan and the general plan update, which incorporates the Marinship specific plan. Um, so I, I wanted to call a couple of those out. That's not an exhaustive list, but a couple of them out. So, so the applicant had the benefit of understanding what we're looking at and what we have to uphold. And it's not about my opinion, if I like it or not, or somebody else's opinion, if we like it or not, because that's that can be very subjective, but these are actual uh, public policies in place and, and ordinances and guidelines. So I would ask that you revisit those perhaps um, and you know reconsider what you're proposing here that in order to actually comply with with what those are because I don't I don't see that here either. Um, so those are my thoughts. Um, I, I would support a motion to continue continue this um, and I would, I would recommend a date uncertain because of the extent of some of the comments and, and coordination that clearly needs to be done, but interested in what my colleagues would think uh, about that or any other ideas. Uh, Commissioner Luxembourg. Um, I think that, um, I think we all agree that the, the use that's being proposed is fine. It goes, goes with the Marineship and the concept works. I mean, I, I, I would like at some point some idea from the applicant on a pro forma of whether, uh, per Commissioner Graff's comments, or whether 
these spaces are going to be able to be rentable to artists at a, an affordable price. But uh, I think so. We all agree. I think with that concept, I think that we agree that the materials aren't quite there yet. I think that if we agree with the concept, and I think that they are trying to deal with the you know sea level uh, rise issues, that uh, whether this building is as, as designed as it is, the concepts could go to the sea, the, the the sea level task force, and they could come back with whatever the, that committee defines. And so that that gets worked into the design. So I think when when if we continue this, they should get the, those answers. That should be incorporated into the design. They should correct the things on the plans with regard to the pavers and all that kind of other stuff. And then uh, maybe come back with some changes to the design to reflect the comments they heard this evening. And and. Uh, and those can be worked through. And so, uh, you know, and, and as we've stated repeatedly tonight, stuff will come to us sooner. We can get questions off. So the night, whatever date we do have, we're not having to continue it because we don't have the right information that we, we have staff make sure that, you know, they've got answers. People may or may not agree with the actual aesthetic of this at the end of the day, but at least all the materials and all these other questions could be answered. So I, I would encourage you to go get that with, you know, uh, even if the design changes, I don't think it's going to affect the sea level wise. That sort of seems pretty clear to me that the, the the levels that they're talking about are the levels that they need to design to. And I don't think, I don't think we're questioning the bathtub approach. I think we're questioning more of the height and the materials on the outside and the, and the, and the bulkiness of it. But, Anyways, those are my thoughts. Um, and I would support okay. a motion to continue to a date uncertain. Okay. All right. Uh, any other thoughts, commissioners? Um, yes, Commissioner Graff. Um, yeah, I, I, I think um, there, this is another example where it would have been really, really beneficial to have a serious study study session about developing a concept like this and a project of this scale in this location. And I think um, it might've resulted in quite different um, product, you might say. <clears throat> so I'm just kind of lamenting the fact that we didn't get a chance to really evaluate the whole thing um, uh, and design approaches and things like that uh, before uh, before now. So um, I just wanted to put that out there <clears throat> because I think it would have saved everybody a lot of trouble. Um, and so that's pretty much it. Other than the fact that I I, I just feel like it it's a little too a little too corporate looking. Um, it just it feels out of place. I'll, I'll stop there. I look forward to uh, our you. next uh, meeting. Thank you, Commissioner Graff, and thank you for those those comments. I think um, study sessions are so beneficial to to applicants, and you know, as, as well, um, it, it's very important. So we, we should be looking at incorporating those more um, uh, from CDD. Um, so thank you for those comments. 
Um, Commissioner Saad, any further comment? I think we're all in general consensus here. I would definitely support a motion um, to continue. I'm, I'm not comfortable, regardless how I feel about design, I'm just not comfortable with the lack of information and some of the yeah. In yeah. discrepancies. So based on that, I think continuing it makes sense. Okay. Uh, Vice Chair Junius, are, are you in line with that? To continue. To okay. date uncertain. Okay. Let me just, if I if I can here, let me ask uh, the applicant or some but one a representative of the applicant team, if they could come back up here, um, having heard uh, the comments um, uh, and and uh, deliberations here. I want to make sure that um, it, it, there it, you don't have any questions for clarification, and we have been clear um, about that direction. So. Matt, is that is that you? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's been really clear, and thank you for all the feedback and your time and thought around this. It's it's really helpful. Um, when when I guess to just ask two points, when we refer to the or when you guys refer to the lack of information, is that just the the changes that were made after this was submitted a year ago? The changes that were made in response to the fifty two hearing. Um, and I apologize for those not being communicated earlier. Uh, no, that's that's a fair question. That that's certainly uh, part of it, and we we'd want to understand what the sea level rise task force and uh, had concluded there, uh, and that's really also for your benefit. So you're not spinning your wheels, and there's not a lot of abortive work. We want to make sure that that what you're proposing, whatever it might be. Um, you know, certainly passes muster with 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 them. That's an, that's important, um, and um, a more streamlined approach, let's say. Uh, so so yeah, and and you know, if, if there were changes that were be made, staff staff should alert, or, or we could have pushed this presentation so we're not wasting your time either. Um, to to the next meeting or something, just so we can close the loop and. And uh, we don't like to continue, um, you know, uh, design reviews like like yours based on incomplete information. We, you know, th there might be other reasons to to continue it, um, but but we don't, you know, simple stuff like information that that could have been available is not not always a very favored reason by us because we don't want to waste your time and uh, we know the importance of of the project and. And value the, you know your client and and your time. Yes, Th thank you. Yeah, and um, I, I hear that concern, and we will certainly make sure that we've spoken with everyone and presented all the clear, correct information for our next hearing. Um, Chair, Chair Feller, would it be okay for me to ask uh, a couple of questions? Uh, yeah, for clarification of our deliberation, sure. Yes. Uh, well, first of all, thank you for all your time and certainly just echoing what Matt's saying, we will, uh, you know, clear up all the discrepancies and, and answer all the questions. Uh, my concern would be more in regard to the comments I've heard so far in regard to the design and whether or not it's um, suitable for the marine ship. And, you know, there's an aspect of that that, that is subjective. But I'm wondering how we will be able to, or I'm I'm wondering if there's the ability to get a little guidance around uh, some of the 
at least for the opinions that have difficulty with the design, how how that might change. So I don't know, a little bit of clarity around that would, would help us tremendously. Fair enough. And, and I, I certainly know, um, you know, can understand that uh, um, saying somebody doesn't like something or isn't warming up to it is not a, enough of a, a direction or, or um, input for you, which is why I started to rattle off a, a number of these uh, elements uh, that, you know, you, you are part of the Marinship specific plan. Uh, many of them are also incorporated in the in the general plan update, so it's sort of the same same thing. They might have different reference numbers, but the LU three point four point four, the CD one point nine and one point six, and CD four point seven five point two. You know, all of those are part of what you know we're given as you know we have to be able to make these findings. So so. For you, the, you know, those are the elements um, that that you should focus on. You've heard a lot of comment about why we can't make the findings, and I think um, if if there's some uncertainty about is it the finish, is it the massing? Well, I think certainly the massing you've heard rather consistently from those that are not in favor or warming up, let's say, to, to the design, that that has a lot to do with it, that it, it has no reference whatsoever uh, to um, any other aspect in the marineship. I, I think you've heard, uh, and if it hasn't made, been made clear, I think everyone's very supportive of the use and developing the site for the artist community and things of that kind. That is not the issue uh, whatsoever. I think it's it's really responding to to what's been drawn. Okay, thank you. And um, in our, I, I guess, in summary of this meeting, are will we be able to get those points that you listed, um, Chair Feller? The sorry, you rattled off a number of points, and I just want to make sure that we have those. Um, I, I did rattle them off. I'm happy to coordinate with uh, Cecilia. Because um, I mean, I've got them highlighted in my, you know, printouts of everything. Um, I'm sure she's taking copious notes as she does as well, and um, and we'll make sure that that's that's clear clear to you and and uh, allow us to uh, allow the CDD to kind of compile everything, and they're welcome. Uh, we'll coordinate with them to make sure that that it's very clear to you. Mm -hmm. um, and I kind of. Pushing from there, would I? I think as uh, Commissioner Graf mentioned, a study session. Would it be possible, or something the commission would be open to, uh, when we do come back and talk design, uh, to actually present it directly to you in like a less formal setting than the hearing? Um, that it's a good question and it's a fair question, but unfortunately, due to the Brown Act, um, we're we're not able. Uh, to meet uh, informally because we would have to declare that as ex parte communication and that would be likely grounds to recuse ourselves. Uh, and I don't think that either of us, any of us want that and you probably don't want us to do that either. But the study session really kind of is meant to be informal, meaning we don't take action on a study session. We are just providing as much input and direction and um, discussion and things of that kind, but there's no action taken by this commission. 
Um, it, it is just that, and that's a study session. It includes public comment. It includes, you know, the ability to do that, which is uh, just as important. Um, you obviously have a lot of support for this project in the community. Um, I believe the commission is supportive of the project. I, I think there's just um, some concern about the context of um, what, what has been designed to date and how that works to support the Marin Ship specific plan. Chair Fowler, can I suggest something? Sure. Uh, I, since you're suggesting a study session, uh, given you've already submitted, we can we can uh, continue this to a date uncertain. But if you want to come in uh, at the next meeting with uh, uh, as part of the continued public hearing with some sketches or whatever of things you're looking at, we could react to those and then continue that again to a meeting later that we would actually do an approval. If that's what you're suggesting, uh, I would be open to, to see something if, you, if you're looking for feedback without fully designing it and hardlining it all at the next meeting. If you've got concepts that you want us to look at and react to, uh, I think we within the Brown Act, we can do that. Uh, but I, I'll leave yeah. that to others to determine. Chair sure, Keller, would that be possible? Yeah, we have, and, but yeah, and, and my point was in the past, and, and Sergio can help us out here. Is we have actually had situations where it started as a, a design review hearing, just like this, and um, and it then moved into a study session, and then back into a, a design review. And uh, Sergio, I don't. Um, we have precedent for doing that. I don't see an issue with that if we wanted to, unless you would advise otherwise. I don't have an issue with the commission noticing a, a formal meeting to consider, you know, alternative designs or proposals. Also, I think Commissioner Luxembourg's suggestion that if the applicant has, you know, various conceptual drawings that they want to present, um, you know, the commission can certainly react to those in a continued hearing. Um, so, you know, those are both options. I think the issue, particularly under the Brown Act, that would be concerning is, you know, if individual commissioners are meeting with the developer to help develop a proposal that's going to eventually come back before the commission that, you know, may be problematic. But, uh, you know, I have less concern about, re you know, reactions by the commissioners in a public meeting to whatever the developer may want to propose. Thank you, Sergio. Yeah, so we won't be able to meet with you individually or, you know, quote unquote, off the record, as, you know, as a group. Um, so it needs to be in a format like this, but it can, as Sergio said, you know, if you want to come with a couple options and th that kind of thing, that's fine too. Uh, good to know. We'll, we'll chat internally and, and uh, let you know. Okay. Do, does your team have any other additional questions for clarification from what you've heard from our deliberation? I, I just want to make sure it's clear and don't forget this is recorded. So you can also go back and listen to it if if you are so inclined to do so. I think that um, Jimmy may have had a question from our civil team. Yeah, one question. I think one of the items I heard was the the undergrounding of utilities, and you know maybe it's through that session or maybe it's working directly with Sicilian staff. But I just want to clarify. Um, the underground, the basically the overhead lines deliver power to this entire neighborhood. 
And so undergrounding these lines would be would basically add us a, a very large cost to, to the project. So the transformer that we have proposed is only it's only for the for, two, for 265 Cape High Road um, dropping from the nearby pole. Um, drop in undergrounding that pole itself would basically expand to literally in every direction um, that um, yeah. that the pole is providing. So I, I think my question is is how do we um, provide responses to some of these items, right? And um, and and clarify for staff and for you guys' office. Um, in, in 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 basically explaining our approach on these things, it's it's a fair question. Um, so I'm reading straight out of the staff information about what the marineship specific plan and policies are that apply to this project, and that happens to be one policy that applies to this project. And so, you know, I'm not making it up or trying to you know apply something ridiculous to your project just you know for the heck of it. It, it's these these are the th these are what we have to review in order to approve a project. So, if it's cost prohibitive, then fine. Or if it's technically not not able to be done in this part of town for whatever reason, I just think it's important that you know you understand that this is what we look at, and it's part of the what the public sees as well to be able to make findings. And so. Some of these might not be possible to achieve for some, you know, extreme reason or condition, and and that happens. You know, happens as much you know up in the hills as it might you know down on on the shoreline. And I just think it's important, you know, that that you can address it because you're we're we're completely transparent on what those findings have to be. That makes sense. And to clarify, I'm not questioning the reference, uh, but more how do we explain our approach in relation to responding to that reference, right? That's yeah. what I'd like to work with with uh, with uh, your office and, and staff on. Yeah, I think Cecilia is the you know the point person. Um, she she's the assigned planner to this, and so uh, you know she knows these quite quite well and can help formulate whatever those responses are. Um, to to be able to address it, a absolutely, we 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 would welcome that. Sounds great, thank you. Okay, um, Kushar Graf, you had your hand up. Um, yeah, I did, Chair Feller. Thank you. <clears throat> um, I just want to clarify uh, what you're suggesting uh, as as a uh, as the next step in the continuation of this saga and whether that would be in fact a study session whether it would be simply a continuation of, of this uh meeting uh but just to I, i'm not sh quite sure what the format is or, or what the protocol right. would be uh, okay i mean i'm all for it i think we should do it but I'm just wondering uh, what what's what's you know how how would it work legally and, uh, and technically. I would suggest. Yeah, I would suggest what Sergio suggested, and that is to continue this hearing, to continue this meeting on 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 this with this applicant to a date uncertain, which to, you know which allows you the time to develop what you want, and at at whenever that continued meeting is, and we'll get it calendared, you know, at, at another time, not this evening, um, when you're more com comfortable, when you might be ready, 
Uh, you you are welcome to bring additional concept sketches to to that hearing, um, and we can you know look through different options, and you can solicit you know in, input ideas and you know defend your favorite or do however uh, you'd like to do that. I that is what I would suggest, and that's that that is I think the motion that we should we should be making this evening at this time. Unless Sergio, you have any other thoughts regarding that. I think you kind of already shared them. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Thank you. Thank you, Chair Feller. So, uh, that clarified, that, that's fine. Sounds good to me. Okay. So I, I would entertain a motion at this time. Yeah, I, uh, I'm happy to make a motion to continue this to a date uncertain to allow the applicant to come back with uh, uh, some alternative ideas where they could get feedback at that meeting. And uh, in that event, they would understand that no action would be taken that evening. And then it would be further continued and they could finalize and come in with all the data or whatever that we need for an action of approval. So uh, I would so move that. Okay. Is there a second? I'll second. Thank you, Commissioner Graf. Dan, could you please take the roll call? Let me unmute. Uh, Commissioner Saad? Yes. Commissioner Graf? Yes. Commissioner Luxembourg? Yes. Vice Chair Junius? Yes. Oh, sorry. Chair Feller? Yes. A motion carries. Great. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, so that completes our uh, section six on tonight's agenda. So moving on to item seven, I would uh, move to adjourn this meeting. All, all those in favor. Uh, aye. Thank you, everybody, um, for all your hard work. Thank you. Thank you. Good night, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.